Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to Always Almost There, a Goose podcast series on We Move Through Stormy Weather. My name is Ryan Storm. I'm Brian, also known as Jive Goose. And I'm Neil. I'm Danny. And I'm Kev. The five of us are here today to break down the most recent leg of Goose's tour, the first half of winter 2022. We're going to take you show by show, breaking down key moments and jams as we continue to track the evolution of the band's sound. Now, I know that the five of us have been uh, very much looking forward to this. Um, you know, throughout the whole tour, we've been talking about uh, looking ahead to recording this. We're really excited to be here uh, for the inaugural Always Almost There episode. Um, so without further ado, let's jump right in, shall we? Here, here. Um, we're going to start uh, with January 26th in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, first set that goes Atlas, Lead the Way, Jive One, Butter Rum, Electric Avenue, SOS, and Slow Ready. What do you guys think of this set? Well, I tell you, you know the uh, the Atlas was a was a was a unexpected opener. Um, you know, there I felt like there was a little bit more space than usual in this jam, and I started to hear a couple things that stood out to me as just a, a you know a little bit new, a little bit different um, that I ended up hearing a lot more kind of throughout the tour. One of those was. Peter playing with a little bit of a Bobby-ish tone, just that uh, that almost like industrial sounding, um, you know, tone. And then, um, you know, that and then kind of the, the, the sp- a little bit more open space were things that I definitely started to hear more over the next few weeks. Um, and then, you know, the other big thing about these early soundboards that came out is Trevor is turned up, uh, which was awesome great that's a great trend that's been uh happening this tour as well trevor is way up on the soundboards while we're talking soundboards shout out to navid quarterman aka nq6 uh helping peter out with that mixing now um that that's a good point about the bobby tone i think peter is doing a much better job at the industrial bobby tone than bobby does so 
That's a plus. Shots fired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Starting off, that, that's not that much of a hot take. I think I think a lot of people agree with that. Yeah, I think, you know, Peter's been trending towards that tone for a while, and you hear it a lot on this tour. Um, we talked about it when we were doing the bracket. Like, I really love, like, Peter's kind of Bobby-style tone in the, um, the Eau Claire Drive, um, where it's, like, basically, like, he's, like, channeling Bobby. So, um, yeah, definitely shows up here uh, in this set quite a bit. It's grown on me too. I, I didn't like it as much last year, but it's really starting to, it's really starting to grow on me. Like, and also, uh, differentiating a lot more from Rick's tone than what he had with the uh, with the PRS. Yeah, fun set. Um, you know, in terms of musical moments, uh, I think kind of feeling it out, lead the way. Um, generally, we've seen it open a tour lately. Um, can think to Suwanee, a couple other early shows. Um, a good set, I think, just like a nice mix of songs. Um, you know, looking at it on paper sort of has just a, a typical goose feel. You got some songs maybe you don't love, like a butter rum, throwing a cover like Electric Avenue. Um, I thought the SOS into Slow Ready was kind of cool to start. Um, you know, sort of that set the tone as well. We saw a couple times this year so far where they've uh, cut songs in half, um, you know, leaving a... Uh, leaving sort of the middle of the song, um, segueing into something else, and then sort of breaking the breaking tracks apart. So more of that. I, I like that setless variety. For sure. And, and that Electric Avenue, um, you know, great cover pick for the first set, I think. But th this one has a little bit of an extended uh, segment. It really has this, like, kind of churning feel to it uh, that will come back in some Earthling or Alien jams from later in the tour, kind of a, a similar kind of groove uh at least to my ears um and, and and your point about the the splitting songs i love the sos slow ready thing and then they would reverse engineer that later in the tour um i i think that was a really cool idea um and then they absolutely drop the gauntlet uh i think for a tour opener uh in the second set um we've got the debut of dr darkness to open followed by um a pretty solid elizabeth into a great tumble um Western Sun, Dawn to Close, and then a Mustang Sally Encore. Um, this tumble is one of my favorite jams from the tour. Um, just before we jump to the tumble, I just want to point out the trend of, of the first you know few show, shows of the tour, uh, starting out debuting a new song in that second set. How cool was that? Yes. Good point. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, so this this was the this was obviously the first one at the first show, and they do it for the first six shows of the tour. Um so, so yeah, definitely don't want to, don't want to skip over that for that. But also, I mean, th th this is, this was a good new song. Um, you know, obviously we had only heard born at this point. Um, and so my, initially I didn't love Dr. Darkness. Um, it's grown on me a little bit. You can hear, at least I can hear some, you know, Rick's Tom Waits kind of songwriting influence. For sure. Um, it is a, it is a unique uh, original song. Um, but yeah, first, first of a bunch, uh, nobody knew what it was. That's always fun. Mm -hmm. You know, the funny thing about Dr. Darkness, when I first heard it, I was starting to question whether or not it was a cover because it sounds so much different than like a, a regular goose song, right? Like I, I can think of no goose song that actually sounds like Dr. Darkness. So in that way, Dr. Darkness is pretty cool. I'm pretty psyched about it and like excited to hear kind of, once they kind of break it in a little bit, what it's going to sound like. Mm -hmm. For sure. 
Um, and then, yeah, I did skip right to the tumble because I, I love this tumble so much. But there was a 20-minute Elizabeth, um, you know, jamming for the first time since uh, 2020. Uh, great to see it, you know, return to jam vehicle status this tour because it's such a reliable and great jam vehicle. Um, I know what stuck out to me, obviously. Um, Peter switched to clav from guitar very early on in the jam, um, which which usually signals in songs like this um, that they're going to take it deeper when he makes that switch because I think um, while Peter's guitar playing this tour has, he really seems to have expanded um, what he's doing uh, during long jams. I think a lot of the time, if he switches to keyboard, he has the intent of utilizing that more expanded sonic palette that his keyboard rig allows uh, as opposed to his guitar. Uh, but this is a really great jam, and um, they pretty much play the Slave to the Traffic Light jam, um, which is you know, it's slave to the traffic light. It's great. Yeah, that's Can't a great, great, great point, Ryan. Um, yeah, about, you know, Peter, his, I, I agree. I think his guitar playing has definitely improved talking about his rhythm playing and sort of how he supports Rick um, and, and, you know, sets, sets the space for, for the, the rest of the band. Um, but yeah, it's, it's no, no denying that his, you know, keyboard and, and um, kind of piano playing, arsenal of keys uh has just sort of really allowed jams to even go further and deeper um like you said sort of attack you know he'll hit the collab and sort of push a jam and kind of attack and and push a song out um but yeah dr darkness to start i love i love the mention of that you guys said and it, it definitely was a different song i think it grew on me as well seeing it live to end the tour um and it's very atmospheric like it's got sort of a mood and 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 definitely uh you know, kind of gave the, the, the set the tone well for that set. I think front to back, pretty strong set. I enjoyed it. One thing I noticed as we started looking at these uh, shows and, and starting to pick out jams that are going to end up being on our lists and whatnot, the two things that stood out to me over and over again as, as I was listening to these songs were everything that you said, Ryan. Peter using all of his boards and the effects from those boards to just create space and, and sounds that they haven't really done before. And almost every jam there I'm, that, that I'm like, oh my God, that's so awesome. What else is going on there? It's Trevor. Like Trevor just standing yeah. out and doing his thing. So it was effects and Trevor and almost every every jam that I'm like, oh my God, that's awesome. Oh, it's like Jai was saying too. It's hard to miss him on these boards. Um, Trevor's way up there. Uh, it's great. I love it. Yeah. yeah, and Trevor, Trevor kicked off the the mind left bodyist jam that ultimately morphed into the slave jam, um, which you know that's a small footnote. But uh, another thing uh, that I noticed around throughout this tour is that, uh, and, and I know it's kind of cliche to be like, oh, Rick's tearing it up this tour, you know, Rick's sounding so good, you know, and all that type. Well, Trevor sounded, but Ben's been killing it. Like yeah. sometimes that that stuff gets kind of cliche. But I, but I really do feel like Trevor seems to be doing taking the lead a little bit more on jams, um, you know, yeah, just adding adding his own, you know, kind of interesting, you know, runs and things like. That. So anyway, thought that was interesting that the, their first real nice improv jam of the tour of the year. I kind of feel like they had that airy jam to start out with, and I don't want to go too too long on this Elizabeth because it's good, but uh, maybe it's not great, but. Trevor led him into that, and then that jam ultimately kind of kind of took it to some cool places. So yeah, well, let's talk about this tumble. Um, I think it's a it's a very cool juxtaposition against the more uh, you know bright and major key Elizabeth. Um, this tumble 
you know, stays in that, in that, it stays in like a grimy, dark guitar groove. And you can really, this is like the first jam of the year where you can really hear that like something's different in Peter's rhythm guitar playing, you know, um, he's taking more of an active role in the jams, which is really, really cool. Um, not just, you know, backing Rick, he's, you know, growing into his own as a guitar player in the two guitar band, which I think is really cool. And we'll hear that, you know, in other two guitar jams later in the tour. Um, but really, you know, the first 20 minutes of this tumble is amazing, but it's all in that last couple of minutes when they just collapse into that dark space with Peter playing around with the, his delay pedal and creating those weird sounds. This is the first, you know, like evil goose jam segment that we've heard really that of any significance. Um, and it really paves the way for how they're going to evolve and play more full blown evil jams later in the tour. And I, I remember, you know, watching on the cell phone stream and I remember we were all like really excited about it at the time. Some dark horse teases in there too. Yes. Yeah. A lot of dark horse in that jam. A lot of dark horse. Yeah. I love the, I definitely same thing, Ryan, man, the, the, the ambient effects at the end. I love it. Um, yeah, we, we will hear it more and, um, and not to jump ahead, but um, the the whole SOS Don, um, the, it didn't it didn't the, the the split up didn't quite work for me um, as much. I, you know, I kind of kind of I feel like there's other ways where maybe this would this would work better for me personally. Um, whether it's within the same set or, or or what I don't know. But one of the things that I thought is when they drop back into tumble, or I'm sorry, when they drop back into Dawn. It's that type of ambient spacey stuff that I would love to see get get put out there and built up a little bit and then drop into that beat. Kind of a la old school old school 2001, you know, where um Fish would would set set up the atmosphere mm -hmm. uh, it, and the atmosphere itself is um, almost has tension to it. Mm -hmm. And yes. then you release by dropping into the drums that. I think that's what would have been super cool with going back into Dawn. Um Every time I listen to it, I just feel like, oh man, that would have sounded so awesome. Yeah. I love the end of Tumble. Absolutely. And then the show cool. ends with Mustang Sally. Which is, <laughs> it, and it's a fun Mustang Sally because it's nearly 15 minutes long. There's a Trevor bass solo and it's a tongue in cheek joke for them at this point. And I think anytime yeah. they play in uh, Phoenix or Tempe, Arizona, they're going to play Mustang Sally. Well, it's the goat. I mean, it's the, it's the goat Mustang <laughs> Sally. It's definitely the goat Mustang Sally. Um, Wait, Anyways, before we move on, um, you know, yes. one interesting thing about the second set is that Western Sun is like not a note over like verse, chorus, verse. Um, and it's like kind of the harbinger of what's to come for like the rest of the tour, where like they kind of grab these tunes that we're kind of expecting a jam in, and then they're going to give you like no jam at all. And it's going to yeah. be, we're going to talk about it a ton tonight when we. Uh, in the next show. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, exactly. Um, but this is the first example of it. Uh, it's right here in the first show. And we, you know, I don't know if we even talked about it at the time when we were all watching the, the cell phone stream, like, oh, wow, that's weird that they didn't really add anything onto Western Sun at all. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, you know, next show. Yeah, the that's a great point about the, the shifting focus uh, jam vehicle wise, for sure. Um, and so then let's move on to the next show, January 27th, the first show of the California leg in San Diego. Uh, first set, we've got The Whales, Earthling or Alien, Mascanada, Turned Clouds, Time to Flee, Bob Don, Madhavan. 
not a whole lot to talk about here. You know, the Modavon is very standard 20-minute Modavon in which it's a fantastic jam, but doesn't really do anything terribly exciting. Um, you know, Time to Flee is a, a notable example of that, what you talked about, where you're expecting the big jam, and then it just kind of fades after nine minutes. Um, and Bob Don doesn't have its uh, outro jam on it uh, in this one. Sorry, Kev. Nothing crazy. No. no criminal. And the Kev, open... Kev, was, Kev was not pleased. Yeah, the open... not pleased. But, but there's pancakes. Pancakes. We're not. Uh, do we want? Do we need to say anything else about the first set? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got go... some things to say about the first set for sure. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, I... Neil. I do. Go ahead, Neil. I do too. Um, you know, uh, that Earthinger Alien. Like a lot of folks like to to make fun of that song, but this is like the first example again on this tour of that song changing. Right? They're taking the song seriously. It's like actually, you know, pretty decent jamming. Like, if you kind of put this side by side with like, um, you know, Fifth of Beethoven, like later, it's the same exact vibe. And like, folks get stoked about Fifth of Beethoven, but they're like not stoked about Earthling or Alien. And I find that weird. Um, this is a, like, it's a great first set song to get people moving. Um, so there's that. Um, and the transition from Earthling or Alien to Masquenada is awesome. Um, and I can go back and listen to that again. I mean, you know, I think a lot of folks, like I was saying before, will skip Earthling Aurelian, but that's like a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent transition there. And Muscanata is like one of my favorite, favorite Goose covers. Um, it hasn't been given like a full ride like some other jams uh, have, but like in terms of like where they go with that, it's it's pretty great. I mean, at the end of that Muscanata, there's uh, like basically a Madhavan peak, right? where that, it gets like real quiet and then builds up to like that crazy, crazy big peak. Uh, and that must've been really fun to see live. Um, but I enjoyed it. Um, and you know, I think it's like pretty good. And, uh, you know, the, the flea that they played too, wasn't bad. It just wasn't 25 minutes. Right. Um, it was actually like a pretty good flea. If they kept that going, that would have been pretty great. And, um, you know, a five minute Bob Don is, is a crime. Um, it is it's funny because you know six months ago we wouldn't have known anything different than a five minute bob don but now that we've had the taste of that outro jam we just yeah. you can't go back <laughs> um and the madavan i think is actually like a pretty good madavan um and like it might be my favorite madavan of the tour and you guys are gonna laugh at me when i say that but i interesting uh it might be because um, you know, there's like that little bit of dragonfly that they play, like right when the jam section starts, uh, that I think sounds really cool. And then they basically like play the middle section of Wales, um, uh, right in the middle of this jam. And I, I think, I, I don't know, I think it's pretty awesome. Um, and then, you know, um, it kind of gets really, really quiet for a minute. And then, um, this is a really good example of like Rick, like grasping melody out of thin air. Um, like there's nothing going on. And then Rick finds like a really cool jam that kind of stays out there for like maybe two or three minutes um, that I really, really like. And it's probably the coolest thing they did inside of a Madavon on this whole entire tour was like those two or three minutes in that Madavon, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think it's cooler than better. <laughs> so there. So that's, that's my first set of thoughts. So, uh, hey, I agree with everything you said about Mashkinata. That might have been my, that's probably my favorite jam of this set. I mean, it's, it's hot, you know? Um, the interesting thing about Earthing or Ailing is, so it got played three times uh, this first leg and it was in the opener spot 
the number two spot here in San Diego and then the number three spot of set one. Um, so, so, you know, I think there's some other, other songs that we'll talk about this. We'll talk about kind of song placement a little bit as well, but this was one interesting one where, where they're, they're clearly emphasizing Earthling or Alien as a kind of early first set. You know, the jams have, the jams have, the jams have been good. Um, and, uh, you know, some people have made some comments as to what some of these jams sound like, but, um, yeah, that's, I'm not a huge, huge fan of the song. Um, I, we've gone back and forth on the composed parts, um, some with, some without, um, but there's, there, there's been some nice, there's been some nice jams coming out of them. And, um, yeah, otherwise, yeah, the flea, the flea was a, was kind of the no jammer, like you talked about, um, I thought this man of Madavan was fairly standard. Um, they kind of fell into another mind left body ish type, just descending progression. They like that. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I, well, it's a, I feel like it's a, almost like a comfort zone mm-hmm. thing a little bit. Well, um, it's like the dragonfly dragonfly. Literally. We heard that, that those segments like five, six times this tour, especially yeah. on my, yeah. and other things. Yeah. So, like so yeah. So some theme. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes they, I, it's probably unintentional, even just kind of where 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 they've been playing, and so it, it just kind of naturally comes out. But um, but yeah, I, I think I definitely think that there's, in my opinion, some some better Mad events to come. I I think there is uh, as well, and I mean Kev keeps trying to steer us in that direction. So let's hit. The He's set ready to two. flap his jacks. It's ready to, to flap, flap his jacks. Maybe. Uh, so set two opens with the debut of Pancakes, All I Need, Me and My Uncle, Rosewood Heart, Moby, and Drive with a Jive 2, Jive Lee Encore. Let's talk about this Pancakes debut because it's a hell of a debut. Very different vibe to the um, the song uh, debuts as you know, contrasting with Dr. Darkness the night before. Obviously, it's a much more playful and upbeat song than Dr. Darkness, and it also is 20 minutes long. Um, I absolutely adore Pancakes. Um, you know, I, lo- I love that uh, it's a great blue song that uh, that Rick is singing. Um, that's a really cool thing. Um, and, I mean, this jam is just uh, in like great goose. You know, it's, it's what they're really good at. They just, like, ride that groove and peak it, and it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a cool song. It's playful. It's got the, you know, composition sort of very change, some good changes. The, the clapping at the beginning, um, you know, which will get more cloud interaction or crowd interaction. <clears throat> Saw that in Louisville live. And yeah, it's great. I mean, I think anytime, whatever band it is, right, that we appreciate and follow, you know, fervently like this, you get a debut song and it's got some significant improv on it right away. It sort of really makes you take notice. Um, yeah, I think it's it's set the tone for, the other debuts that, that, that came out, but gave them some confidence and um, it was really cool to see another new song, you know, set to, and it was just like, wow, and kept seeing it, but yeah, fun set. Um, good, solid Rosewood. All I need was short. So that was sort of a kick. I remember like right away and we saw it again, like, like Neil said, the Western sun, some of these songs kind of, you were waiting, right? You're waiting for the jam. And then it's like, Oh, <sighs> And it was to me and my uncle. Yeah, me and my uncle. And I just recall that moment just being like, this bummer. <laughs> Always love a Rosewood. Moby. Seems like they're Always kind of- love a Moby. 
I always love a Moby. I feel like they're kind of jamming the song in right now. It's not very natural. Um, like we saw, you know, the Caverns debut, for instance, or in uh, at Legend Valley, sort of unexpected. It's sort of, I felt that way in Montana too, a little bit, but yeah, fun set, fun set, I think much better than the first for me so i'd agree with that uh the rosewood i felt like when i went back to listen to that rosewood again i thought they were going to do the same thing to us where uh they're just going to give us the song without the jam uh and then i hung out for the nine and a half minutes there and then it just you know my opinion got real hot uh you know some yeti teases uh towards the end of that song minute 19 or so uh and they just been turning the rosewoods into a dance party yeah, they came in like real hot into that Rosewood too. Like there was a lot of like really fast playing by Rick right off the bat, which isn't really typical, I don't think. Um, and nine minutes in, got the first Peter Yaz of the tour because um, Rick just went Land off. And then, yeah, nine minutes in, it's like Peter Yaz, uh, which is like amazing. Um, generally means the jam's going well, right? Uh, I, re I really like that Rosewood. I, I think it's like it's pretty fun. The all I need actually was pretty good too. It's like a good first jam. Micro all jam. I yeah, yeah. I love micro jams. You guys know I love micro jams. Uh, They're good. Yeah, I get hooked on them. Um, pretty good set. So I don't know if anybody mentioned, but obviously Pancakes is a great blue tune. Yes, um, I did. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I also uh, really enjoyed Pancakes. Um, you know, we'll talk about more of these, but but at the time, I was like, oh yeah, this this is going to be a jammer for sure. Um, and and I you know I like this one a lot. I, in terms of placement, I think this works really well as a set to opener. Um, they also did it as a set to closer and kind of a mid set one. Um, but uh, yeah, nice nice fun verse chorus um, and then five minutes and then you're just off um, and running. So second half of this jam especially I, I really liked uh, Peter doing kind of the soundscape looping, which we'll hear a lot of on this tour um and yeah just uh just kind of a steady medium paced dance party jam also great return to the song at the end they nailed it and they they continue yeah. to nail it with the successive plays of pancakes but yeah, it's that's sweet, that's always sweet, a plus sweet ending. yeah yeah and nothing really to add on the all i need um you know me and my uncle um it is what it is rosewood um yeah all three rosewoods all three rosewoods so far three 20 plus minute rosewoods um this is for me this was probably the most straightforward of the three um but uh yeah real real nice i thought this was a real nice segue into moby um coming out of that jam um and then drive you know just another what's going on here um kind of moment um but then the jive to jive lee encore which um pretty solid you know we're going to talk about some other encores tonight um this one was better <laughs> this uh, is you know what like if, if you're looking for a really good encore this is a really good encore two and lee how can you go wrong come on no, you can't. yeah yeah and like a, a healthy dose of bubble house and in, in that uh in that lee we talk about bubble house a lot but i think yeah. uh you know somebody put it in like chat when they were playing it i i think it was jive uh it was just like bubble house and like i i put in like bubble house uh right at the yeah. same time um right in the first part of that lee and it's it's pretty fun. They like the bubble house. Uh, More just vibes, I think. But yeah, vibes. Know, not like they're uh, like actually playing bubble house, but like it's got that like kind of you know percussive 
like nobody's actually like soloing at that particular moment, right? Yeah. Everybody is kind of part of percussion, um, including lead instruments. In yeah, which, which which they've been they've been getting, you know, they've been moving in also more of a kind of democratic improv direction as opposed to just straight uh, Rick led or Peter led, which is cool to hear in certain spaces. Moving on to L.A. on January twenty eighth, uh, opening up uh, with the Honeybee or Homie Bee, if you will, uh, into Arcadia. Travelers, the way it is, creatures born and flow down. Um, to me, like, you know, honeybee opener. It's a honeybee opener. It's a uh, pretty standard uh, hot Arcadia. Um, you know, Travelers is always cool. I love Peter's synth on it. Um, but the set really starts to pick up with the way it is, which is, in my opinion, their best cover. Um, you know, I I would be so happy with seeing them play this at every show. Like. The fact that they jam it like they do as well. Shout out to the Eau Claire way it is. Um, fantastic. Um, and then, you know, Creatures mid-first set is a really cool thing that you don't hear very often. You know, that's normally second set opener or mid-second set. So seeing it in this slot is really cool. I think, did we talk about this is the earliest Creatures um, since Bingo Tour? Um, and maybe like a long time before that because Bingo Tour was a random set list call. Um, I, I think we talked about that, but that was we cool. Did. And, yeah. and the debut of born, which, um, you know, I think blew us all away live because the studio track, uh, the single did not have that guitar synth build that is in the live version. And wow, Jesus Christ, like so beautiful the way they layer and get higher. And it's, and then that groove that they get into, that leads perfectly into the set closing flow down. I was very happy. <laughs> and then we got the born video, you know, the other day, just oof, yes. Rick. A lot of, a lot of meme content out of that. <laughs> the Rick origin story. Yes. So what, what, yeah, what um, do you guys got on this first? Decent, set? decent set. Uh, I, I, I thought, you know, I, opening like night before whales, homie B the next night. I, Sometimes, you know, as we've griped about, at least myself, I can only speak for, I guess, but sometimes it's sort of like, all right, let's do it. Obviously, Arcadia next. Um, great way to respond. Uh, pretty straightforward, Arcadia, obviously. I thought this tour, aside from the Wisconsin version, all pretty sort of standard, you know, short and type one rippers. Um, yeah, love Travelers. It was a good set. It had a nice mix. We threw in a new song again. And then I think at that point we were wondering, <clears throat> are we going to get another new song, you know, in the second set? Because we had seen it the first two nights. We saw a new song in the first set and you're sort of like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. And Born is, Born is really cool. I like the sound that um, they're finding with that, finding some different spaces, taking some risks. Like you said, Ryan, the synth, really Peter sort of opening up his, some of his, his, his arsenal and flow down, I guess, you know, brings the energy to close it. So, yeah. Flowdown works really well as a first set closer, I think. High energy closer, it's a good choice. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I have a question for you guys in this set. Mm. So uh, Ben fucks up in this set, right? Like, in fact, like they, they say that. Um, <laughs> so in that Arcadia, can you hear it? Because I've listened back to that Arcadia, like, I don't know how many times trying to find the part where where Ben screws up because like right after he finishes well you know uh, Rick does the whole part where like Ben's just fine when he's singing the Arcadia 
uh, lyrics. And then after, you know, uh, Ben is like, oh, thanks, Jeff, for saving my ass on that one. I cannot find the part where he messes up. It sounds fine to me. He's uh, just he's just that good of a drummer. <laughs> I, right. I guess that's my point. Um, I just thought that was like a really cool part of that set where like the whole band acknowledges that Peter laughs, you know, Rick sings about it, like Ben talks about it after the song. And I think it's imperceptible to like anyone who's not like a like ultra serious drummer. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm missing something. Um, but otherwise, you know, like at first that Travelers like is awesome. Uh, I can listen to Peter play the synth part of Travelers like all day, every day. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I just love his synth work. And then um, Creatures was cool. I think it was probably the coolest Creatures they did on this tour. Um, which isn't saying a lot because I don't think they really went crazy with creatures. Uh, but this one, they did the, the uh, Tarantella Napolitana jam, like the, the oh. very like typical, like Italian, Italian spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> that one had everybody wondering for a while. I know I did. Like, I was like, what was that? You know? Uh, and then kind of looked it up the next day. And I thought that was pretty cool. It's pretty noteworthy. And I definitely don't want to be uh, too negative Nancy here, but one of the things I did notice uh, with, uh, the songs like Mist and, and Creatures that use that voice modulator that Rich likes to use, uh, it sounds a little off. It was bad, actually. I mean, that one was, this was probably the worst the whole yeah. tour. But I but I, I will say, I, I've, I will say I've noticed recently um, that with the voice modulator, like, Rich is using it a lot less than he was in something like 2019. Like, if you listen to a Wisteria from 2019, he's got the auto-tune on throughout that now it's nowhere to be found in wisteria so it's it's good that he's you know he's phasing it out a little bit saving it for the songs like creatures or mist where i think it fits a lot better i don't think wisteria really benefits from that um and so hopefully um you know they figure out whatever whether it's um with the voice modulator or the way they're mixing it um but hopefully uh they're able to sort that out soon uh b what do you think of this set I I think this is actually a, a, a fairly strong set um, by comparison to, to individual sets across the tour. Um, not a whole lot to poke holes in for me. Um, and in fact, uh, you know, I, I think, I think honeybee as an opener is, is it's okay with me. Um, I really like the jam. Um, you know, it's a good song. Um, and, uh, but, but the fact that there's, but, but look, I mean, listen, you know, it's like a, you could also say you get out of the way, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, but uh, but the rest of the set, I mean, you know, these are all this is a song kind of selection wise. I really like this set. Honeybee, Arcadia, Travelers, Way It Is, Born, Debut, Creatures, Born, Debut, Flowdown. Um, there's just not, not a whole lot there to complain about. I mean, you're not going to get a, a 20 minute Arcadia every time. So you can't complain about that. Um, I think there are some flubs in this set that we were talking about at the time. Um, I did have this show, this show did kind of slide down the rankings as the tour kind of grew on. Um, but, but just speaking about song selection and, 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 and also execution, maybe not so much the jams. I thought the creatures was fairly average. Um, the born was, was the, the jam of the set. I thought easily, um, yeah, I mean, I thought this was, I thought this was a really strong set. I mean, again, just not, not a whole lot to, to poke holes in here. Yeah, good set definitely. list. Good set list. I think you know, five sets in, we were seeing, and we would see it the rest of the, the rest of the leg. Um, they're definitely switching some some set lists, sort of creatures earlier, songs at different slots. 
um, new tracks to sort of create a good blend. Strong cover picks, I felt, but not like cover heavy song or cover heavy shows necessarily. I think probably three max, three to four. Brian, you know, Brian might be able to confirm that, but yeah, it's a good. It was a decent set. Definitely. Um. All right. Let's let's move on to this uh, second set here. Uh, opening up with the debut of Atlas Dogs. I know D's got a lot to say about Atlas Dogs. Big favorite of his. Uh, Seekers Part One and Two. Uh, Arrow can't get you out of my head. Arrow, white lights, loose ends, and a seven-two-six encore. Um, I think pretty solid set. Um, pretty consistent energy-wise throughout. I think there's there's not you know real moments where it dips. I think improvisationally, there's not a ton to write home about. Um, I mean, Atlas Dogs will bear a lot of great improvisational fruit later on in the tour. Um, but here is just a great solid debut. Seekers, I love Seekers. Um, I, you know, I, I think I would be happier seeing it first set. Um, but I think, I think it's still good here. Seekers to supremacy forever. Um, arrow can't get you out of my head. Arrow, um, great sandwich again, high energy, not a ton improvisationally, uh, to speak of doesn't really deviate much, um, from the song itself. Um, and White Lights into Loose Ends is actually uh, really cool. I believe this is the longest Loose Ends to date. Um, and, I mean, White Lights always delivers on the jam. And I will take a 7-2-6 encore any day of the week. Yeah, I think there was some some talk about, some debate about the the seven two six as an encore. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I'll, I'll take a 7-2-6. Love that I'll song. take a doobie. I'll take a doobie encore. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it as a yeah. great encore. I, I also agree, Ryan. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Seekers is 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 better as a kind of a, like a penultimate set one pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I that's where I personally kind of kind of feel like it works the best. Um, the uh, I, I like I, Atlas Dogs is great. I mean, just another another really strong debut, um, fourth debut of the tour second one tonight um just another strong song lyrically um song structure wise um i feel like i feel like these are and 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 i don't want to give give rick all the credit because i i don't know what what the process is with the band but um i feel like um you know he, he just does a really good job at writing songs that um are that have that are unique or have it, or, or at least have something unique about them structurally, um, but also catchy, um, just catchy licks, choruses. Um, these are this is a professional batch of songs coming out. I mean, I mean, look, we're th- these guys are squashing the the complaints about d- new original music or mm-hmm. you know new stuff not coming out fast enough. They play Qual- new stuff isn't quality enough. I mean. I feel like this new batch of songs that came out this year so far is, is, has just crushed all of that. I mean, yeah, I, I would also, I'd throw old men's boat in uh, with those songs as well. I think that song's been really delivering on the jams uh, as well. I think, yeah, they've, they've been really on a, on a great batch of songs lately. Now, just to finish the, my, my, my set two thoughts, um, you know, I, I the, the area, the, the arrow, I, I think, you know, for me, a lot of times the arrow just kind of, kind of takes, takes a bit to, to maybe go nowhere real special. Um, 
so there there were 17 minutes in the first part of this area before they they segued into can't get you on my head and um wasn't too memorable for me um the white lights loose ends um i always love a loose ends um wish i wish i knew more of the history it's one of the it's one of the few songs that, that i don't really have a what's that ryan uh, i was just singing the song uh. <laughs> Um, and so, so much like Earthling or Alien, kind of holding down the 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 front end of set ones, White Light so far has been holding down the back end of set twos with two encore appearances, and and then this um, set two closing, uh, you know, w along with the, the loose ends closing up set two. So, so also interesting, and and also one where I kind of feel like, uh, you know, I don't know if White Lights for me is the is the set two closer, but. That's just my opinion. It jams, man. It jams. I think it jams better as a set one closer. Jam it in the first set. All right, moving on. Show number four, January 29th, Regency Ballroom, San Francisco, night one. We've got first set consisting of Doc Brown, Rockdale, Yeti, Tomorrow Never Knows, Yeti, Old Man's Boat, Dragonfly. I believe this is the first of two Old Man's Boat, Dragonfly pairings of the tour. Um, I could be wrong. Uh, I think Dragonfly has been really good this tour, though. Um, but this Yeti Tomorrow Never Knows Yeti uh, really sticks out to me. Just great psychedelic feel throughout. Um, I really hope we see more jammed out Yetis because I believe that's a song that they're really, I don't think they're capitalizing on the jam potential as much as they really could be. Um, but I think in this scenario, I was so happy to see it here. Rockdale always delivers. Um, you know, old man's boat. We get that nice uh, vintage vibe from Peter um, and dragonfly is great. And, you know, has been filling a really cool role in the shows this tour. And I I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, fun, fun set. Um, I think just again, construction, you know, Peter song, Rockdale, bring the energy, cool little transitions. Like you said, I, I definitely, you know, the Eau Claire Yeti, there's been some, some Yetis recently that have, push the bound boundaries a little bit which is nice to see i agree otherwise the song's sort of pretty standard so it's cool to see them do something different and yeah great end of the set old man's boat fun jams like we just talked about a new song you know newer and um hitting the dragonflies which which has a little bit more legs than a than a moby you know it's cool to see them sort of play with those themes that they're touching on a lot time for a bird to fly time for a bird to fly <laughs> we're talking about the first set here you're nah, man, we're still, nah, let's, let's 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 we gotta start straight burden all right okay we're we're burdened set two you know the if you haven't posted your burden challenge on twitter and you would like to please uh do so and tag us um, great so i you know what i think you know, like, yeah, it's cheesy, but I now unironically love the song, um, so I, I don't feel bad about it. Um, I, I really like this song now. Um, it's great. Um, and, and the rest of set two is, uh, I think, pretty consistent. Um, I think it's a pretty well-constructed set. Um, you know, fifth of Beethoven, um, with each play, it's getting a little bit bigger, and I think we're going to have a 20-minute fifth of Beethoven kind of like uh, a fish 2001 kind of thing. You know, I think people were saying as, as long as I've been a fan of goose, at least I think as far back as bingo tour, I've heard a cup, a bit of chatter about like, that's their 2001. Um, and I, I agree. 
you know, um, I think this one, uh, uh, you know, it's it's the longest one to date, I believe, that they've played. And I think it's really good. And also Clav. Um, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for that, as there everybody knows. There it everybody is. Everybody knows. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, Echo, um, you know, I, I missed the older arrangement a little bit, uh, but this one has been jamming fantastically, so I'm okay with it. Uh, this old C has a great jam in it. Obviously, it will be far outclassed by the this old C to come later in the tour. Um, and you know, Empress is kind of settling into this big set closing role of it's going to be twenty minutes. It's going to be awesome. Um, not necessarily, um, you know, living up to its uh, Perry twenty twenty one competition. Um, but this one is cool. Has that cool jive too, and don't do it jam in it. Uh, but Solid set and Doobie Encore is good. A red bird is singing. Um, yeah, no, I, I like this set. Uh, like uh, like you guys were saying, I think Another Night with a debut song. Very, um, you know, we hear these songs on first listen and I think you're trying to absorb it. And so it's always great to go back. And and, and as we've said with this song, it developed a, a unique a special sort of meaning for uh, us but yeah <laughs> yeah it's very it's it's i like the mood and the atmosphere it's a lot of the vintage vibe and and it's showing peter on keys again um i think fifth of beethoven in legend valley was a little longer but also fucking raging um i was at those shows yep echo new arrangement i really like it um c great placement there i think coming off the the first three songs and then yeah solid empress doobie to close roll one up let's head to night two you know so that was a fun fun show i think so set the tone hey shout out to mc bruce robin robinson with his red bird remix red, red bruce. bruce yes that was fantastic okay. <laughs> uh yeah yeah he took the he took the he took the the gold medal for the for the straight burden uh burden challenge for sure for someone who hasn't who, who hadn't even listened to the song when we started the challenge, it was pretty solid. Quick study. He deserves props for that. You know, <laughs> I, I thought like he wasn't gonna do it, you know, like he was just like, screw those guys, like I'm way too cool for this, and then like just absolutely went in head first. Uh, out of nowhere. Uh, out of nowhere. The chain on. <laughs> but yeah, okay, wait. As much as I'd love to talk about Bruce all day, we've got we've, uh, got, we've got shows yeah. to talk about here. But um so thoughts on that set. You know, the funny thing about Redbird at the time is, like, I don't think anybody really thought it was going to turn into what it kind of has turned into at this point. Although I think we all love the jams. We were talking about it right away. Like, that was, like, one of the best jams of the tour so far at this point. And uh, Fifth of Beethoven, like, I don't know. It doesn't have to be 2001. I, I, it, I don't think so. Um, it doesn't have to be. No, it's just, it's cool. And, you know, they can throw it in here and there, and it's fun. Uh, but otherwise, like cool, like looking setless construction. But um, I don't know. Empress was, you know, pretty cool. But like maybe could have been more um, upbeat. I don't know. The jive part was pretty cool. But beyond that, it was just kind of a, I don't know, Empress. But this old C was, I liked it. Like a little jazzy, very gentle. It was very pretty. It's going to get crushed by one that came a little, a little later on in the tour. But it's a very pretty version of the song. Yeah. Jazzy and gentle, I love it. Jazzy and gentle, baby. Moving on, next show, we've got the second night in San Francisco, January 30th. Um, the set that changed everything right here because of one song. Uh, we've got The Labyrinth into writing a novel, Tumblay. 
uh, Wisteria Lane, me and Julio down by the schoolyard, and so ready. Um, I mean, before we talk about the obvious uh, highlight that is the me and Julio. behemoth that, yeah, <laughs> the behemoth that is Wisteria Lane. Um, I do want to mention the cool technical difficulties jam. Um, you know, kind of post labyrinth into writing a novel. Um, you know, I I don't know how I feel about. Peter uh, jumping off of stage to help with webcast issues uh, mid-show. Um, you know, I'm not sure if there were any issues in the venue um, that may have triggered that, but uh, if so, next time, Peter, if you're listening, uh, we can deal with waiting until the webcast team figures it out. You stay on stage and keep playing. Don't worry about us. Um, but um, this wisteria, like evil, dark, dual guitar, everything, you know, I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the Tempe show with the evolution of Peter's guitar, and it's just, they go deep into this, oh, it's just, it's incredible, it's evil, um, it will come for you, um, and maybe that's why they only played Wisteria once this tour, because they were afraid that they'd never been able to, uh, live up to it, but, um, I think this pretty confidently takes over the goat spot for Wisteria, um, and is, pretty handily my top jam of the tour yeah it's jam it's jam of the year so far uh for sure pretty easily um i you know i i, I couldn't help but think um ryan sharing his thoughts about you know his his distaste for peter leaving the stage to help out ryan's just looking for another shout out i think um <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking about pittsburgh yet b we're we're, we'll get there we'll, we'll get there but i you already got your shout out, man. Peter, <laughs> do what you got to do. Peter cares about us at home on Couch Tour. Yeah, but I'm saying so, for, the, for the sake of the show, like, I appreciate the thought, but, you know, you stay on stage and play your concert. Like, Ryan, what are your thoughts about him standing on top of the uh, speaker boxes to, to the amps to, to play, to play his guitar? We're not talking about American Woman yet. You're getting ahead that, of yourself here. Yeah, I know, but you're concerned about his safety. Like, let's get all he the safety concerns down. out on the table here. Okay, all right. Okay, let's let's talk about this Wisteria. <laughs> hey, I have some things to say about Wisteria. How about that? Talk about um, it, Neil. Talk about, about that. Um, first of all, imagine if this recording was lost, right? Like, they had technical difficulties, like, all through that set. And um, man, would that have been a shame because this jam is, I mean, it's it's a special jam. Um, and it's a two-part jam, right? It's not just evil. There is like a really, really cool like bliss jam that's just like Sewanee, uh, the Sewanee Wisteria bliss jam, which I've kind of fluffed a bit, um, that comes before like all of the darkness hits. Um, and it's beautiful. It's, it's a great jam in its own right uh, before like the part that everybody really talks about. Um, and then it gets like really quiet and then Ben just like absolutely hammers the toms and then everything just erupts. Uh, and yeah, uh, it, this jam is like a really good example of them all just listening to each other really well. Like I think Rick was like playing around with the theme and then like, you know, Ben hits the toms and then everybody kind of jumps in. Um, and, uh, you know, we were talking about Peter's rhythm playing earlier. Like Peter really drives this jam. Like when it starts to peak towards the end, it's all Peter, um, at least to my ears. Um, and so like everybody has a piece of this jam and, and it's just, it's incredible. Uh, and I love everything about it. Um, not much else to say about this set. It's just, but that, that, that was Siri Lane is outrageous. Yeah. And, um, I'll definitely jump on, jump, pile on 
just great dark wisteria i think um wisteria has, has probably been one of my favorite songs the last year or so just in terms of the the spaces that they're finding on a regular basis um thinking back even to the the version that went into moby at the caverns short but they're really getting places quick um shut up pine creek magic yeah. school bus this one just uh gets hits it hits hits a a groove and just just gets sort of like a churning machine. I feel like they sort of are, are getting to these as as others, as Ryan said, sort of a demographic and an egalitarian. They're sort of driving a whole train together. Um, good set, good set overall. Me and Julio. I don't know why they're whatever, but it's a fun show. Getting fun getting set. Getty involved and on stage. I support it. Broken whistle. He can whistle. He can whistle. B, what do you got to say on this wisteria? Uh, you know, I mean, not much else to add. I mean, like I said, I mean, it's jam of the year so far easily for me. And it sounds like for just about everybody else. Um, yeah. Some more, some more nice use of effects, just dirty and ambient and dark. And I love it. And, and I, and I can't wait to, you know, we've been, you know, goose has done some dark jams. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think that they've just been few and far between. And so, um, every time I hear something like this, I mean, th this was, this was a little bit next level for them, I think. Um, and I mean, also, I guess the last thing I'll say very efficient jam. This is by no means the longest jam of this tour, but it, it got to multiple uh, incredible places. Um, and, and, and there just wasn't any wasted time in it. Um, so, it so sub, sub 20 minute jam. Yeah, yeah. So kudos them for that. And so yeah, every time I hear something like this, I just I just feel like give me more. Give me it's it's a jam that leaves you wanting more, wishing it would have been longer. That's a good jam. But that and that also doesn't take away from it at all. Like it's still phenomenal. Makes it better. Second set here, we've got a nice five song second set. Uh Arise, Elizabeth into the Mist, Rock the Casbah, El Meg the Wise, uh with a pretty standard hot tea to close. Um, not a ton to write home about uh, improvisationally in this second set. You know, um, pretty consistent energy-wise, um, I think, after the Arise debut, uh, which is a cool song we saw debuted by Arebolo in December. Um, I think we were all happy to see it make the, the jump to Goose. Um, and then Elizabeth into the Mist, Casbah, uh, you know, I think we've talked about this, but um, leaving Into the Mist unfinished is a weird call. Um, you know, the ending being awesome as it is. Um, so, uh, but, you know, I like a good, I like a good Jeff song. Um, and then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my, then, my note for this was, uh, how do you feel about Rock Casma? Uh, yeah, I like a, I like a good Jeff song. And then, and then Elmeg to close, you know, it's, it's a long Elmeg. It's, it's a great jam, but nothing too exciting. Yeah, I think you pretty much pretty much sum that up, Ryan. Um, this this trend of of into the mist not being finished, I agree, is is worrisome. Um, I mean, come on, it's the best part of the song. It's, it's such an awesome song altogether. Um, Kevin, you might know it as creatures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't get no, it's such a great song, um, and, and, and the ending is the ending is is such a crushing part to it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I, I agree on Elmeg as well. Yeah, it, it was long and it was it's good, 
Um, but it, it felt like, um, you know, a whole nother world away from the wisteria from earlier in the night. Mm -hmm. I, I think that sums it up pretty well. Anyone else have anything to add? Debut of a res. Yeah. Great. Great song. Amazing too. But All right, next we have Groundhog Day uh, in Bend, Oregon on February 2nd, uh, opening with Tribute to Gold, uh, Life on the Shelf, Modavon, No Rain, Jive 2, Lee. Um, I was happy to see Tribute to Gold uh, crop up again. You know, they I think they should play this more often. It's a really great tune, um, you know, and obviously playing it three times in a night was fun for the Groundhog Day shtick. Um you know, not going to talk about shelf. Uh, Modavon was um, fantastic. Um, you know, it just sticks out to me every time I uh, listen to it is how patient the build in, is in this song. You know, sometimes they're not as patient with it, uh, but here they just they took their time, they built that space, and they just wrote it for a while. Really, really, really great there. Um, no rain again with the really adventurous dual guitar jams. You know, I think if you look at, um, if you look at um, the 2021 jam of the year bracket that we've got going on right now, most of the really top jams are uh, with Peter on keys, um, because I think, you know, for the most part, a lot of the jams where he was on guitar, they were reaching a, a similar space. I think in a lot of them, you know, you weren't seeing as much. Um, adventure you know that you had your some wisterias uh like you know the pine creek one that i mentioned earlier where he's on guitar um but i think a lot of the really more adventurous jams came when he was on keys because as i mentioned earlier he's got more sonic space available to him and a, a, a more diverse palette to draw from um in terms of sounds and so i think this tour really saw him expanding his uh sonic palette on the guitar and i think this no rain is a phenomenal uh, example of that. And it actually comes in uh, number five of my top jams uh, of the tour. Um, I, I love it. And, and you know, just like in the encore slot in San Diego, Jive 2 into Jive Lee, always a win. Yeah, this, um, I love this set. Uh, <clears throat> the Tribute to Gold, we would come to find out even cooler. There was meaning to it. Shelf. Got a fantasy goose pick that night by default as a uh, correction. Uh, so that was uh, had some special meaning to it. Um, yeah, but Madhavan, no rain, probably you know, 45 minutes. Some of my favorite music of the of the first leg. Um, Madhavan was was great. Super good tempo change as they left the composition, dropped it down really slow, and then uh, built it up to a huge, just sort of patient raging peak. Um, the no rain though, yeah, like. Like Ryan, you said, Ryan is one of my favorite jams of the tour as well. Top five, um, just the, it's the dual guitar. But what I liked a lot about this tour is we saw Peter triggering the synth loops. So like he just like you get that space, which is nice because it at least builds another adds or pardon adds another layer to the jam. And like Ben is huge. Tom sort of fills and really dark like descending type jam. Um, big Trevor moment, I think as well. This is another like huge Trevor jam, like super liquidy and bouncy. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorite jams of the, the tour and I, it's my favorite cover that they do. It's I'm chasing no rain right now. So um, Jive 2, Jive Lee to finish. Probably one of my favorite sets up to the this point of the tour, just like very solid, uh, especially that last two thirds. 
Yeah, and this is my this is my number three show of the tour. Um, Same. Yep. Yep. So yeah, yeah, you know, really, really strong first set. Um, yeah, I, I, Ryan, I think you you said something, um, you know, really important about about Peter's playing, and it's been what I've been thinking about too. It kind of it really has felt like he's shifted focus. His focus was on keys for so long, and that, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it was it was it was the new instrument for him. Um, and it really has felt like this year he's kind of, the pendulum has kind of swung back and he's really starting to work out, um, his, the various tones that he wants to use, the effects that he wants to use on guitar. Um, his rhythm playing seems to continue to get better. Um, I don't know if that's just me missing it before or, or it is getting better. Uh, but it stands out to me more now. Um, and yeah, love to know rain, uh, you know, also for me, top 10 jam. Um, but yeah, if we're ready to segue into, into set two, Ryan, um, I do want to just talk real quickly about there. the whole groundhog, um, the groundhog day thing. And, um, so for set two, um, and, and I'll, and I'll, I'll run through it real quick. So a tribute to gold again, silver rising creatures, green river, seven, two, six drive, and then encore with a tribute to gold, kind of a fake out. I thought, um, drive second jam and time to flee. Um, so I, I, you know, quick shout out to all of the fan streams um, because, you know, we, we, I, we, we had to rely on them this yeah. tour um, way more that. Than, I, than I think we would like to. Um, so, so, so thankful to have those streams. But what, what's so funny though, is that, um, you know, I'm not really, a, I'm not a regular Facebook user. Uh, um, I kind of have this, I have this, backdoor access um <laughs> that i only use for 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 goose streams when necessary but as the you know it's a new video that that starts up for second set so i'm i click on i see it goes live i click on it and they come out and i had noticed i had noticed the the banter before first set because i caught the joke about it's bend you know rick saying that it's bend two years uh-huh. um so so when, when I started at that video for set two and I heard that, I was like, oh no, I'm in, I'm in the wrong video, but it says live. What's going on? I closed out of it a couple of times. I'm looking around. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck's going on because I'm worried. I'm like, oh shit, I got to get this. I got to get this set list down. You know what the, you know, what's going on with this? So anyway, it wasn't until um, they went into Silver Rising that I, that I realized oh my gosh, this is live. Vexed. So they totally got us. I mean, yeah. and if that had been an official stream, it wouldn't have had that same effect because yeah. there's something unique about the Facebook stream kind of shutting down and then restarting with a new video. So I don't know about you guys, if that happened to you, but I was completely thrown, you know, just thrown off by that. So kudos to them. It was, I thought that was a really cool, um, cool little gag that they pulled. Um, I thought it worked really well. Um, and, and I thought they made the right call with coming out for the encore that they didn't play the full tribute to gold again, that they kind of just did more of a kind of a quick one minute fake out version. But anyway, that, that's all I want to say about set two. Um, obviously I, I will say, you know, silver rising, uh, another debut. And I really love this one also. I mean, this might be, this might be my second favorite, um, behind born uh, in terms of the, of the new songs. Um, might not be the jam vehicle, um, but I absolutely love the motion 
the 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 lyrics um everything about it it's another kind of unique song that has some real kind of hooky catchy catchy elements to it um super super excited about uh, like i said earlier about this new batch of songs i had the show ranked high uh higher than i think most of you guys number four for me uh and even the no rain jam uh, we have it at three. <laughs> oh, oh! Sh- i thought it was top five i thought you guys were checkmate uh, kev Oh my goodness! Uh, it was a great show. Uh, the Madu was awesome. The No Rain was awesome. Right after that, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of that No Rain. Um, I think you guys touched on like a bunch of stuff I, I had in my notes, like where it's like very sludgy and like watery at points with the bass. Um, and I think Peter does some like really like kind of tasteful use of distortion. Um, and a band that doesn't use much distortion, uh, Peter used some in that uh, that No Rain jam, and I thought that was pretty great. Um, and I think Jive and I were the only people who were awake, um, when that second set started and like, we were texting back and forth, but like, I was watching it on my phone, so I couldn't really text without like leaving the stream. And like, I had no idea what the hell was going on either. Um, that was really cool to experience that in the moment because it was a mind bender. Like it was like, I did the same thing. I kept like opening like videos, like, wait, wait, this can't be right. And then, you know. Uh, came to be i mean that's pretty awesome when a band like takes a moment to think about like like how do i troll my fans um and there's like no live stream right so um it was the perfect opportunity to do all this stuff and uh really appreciate that that was pretty cool yeah and and second set was solid you know i i think again one of those sets where not a ton crazy happens improvisationally but it's just it's solid um so i think it was good and you know i i mean we got another short time to flee in the encore um you know i i think i think we're we're looking for a big time to flee coming up uh in this next leg of tour uh fingers crossed yes please hey um, shout out hey shout out to anybody who had time to flee in fantasy that night because yeah i did and that, that was, that <laughs> was an go. incredible last nice. minute last minute bonus and, yeah yeah and I, shout out to shout out to to brian's performance in fantasy goose uh so far this leg uh bumping neil out of the top spot for now uh which i'm very pleased with though i have not done as well as don't pump his tires let's move on to the next show i'm I'm just i'm just here to play against you man i don't care hey neil 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 with the two golden goose uh i got two on this tour yeah four total what well let's let's talk about the music we don't need to talk about neil's fantasy goose you're the one who brought it up Let's talk no, I was up. talking about I was talking about you not winning. I I wasn't talking about. Oh, I see. All right, let's move on to the next show. All right, Portland. Um, I mean, obviously, Echo of a Rose. Um, then we have Wales, Doctor Darkness, Travelers, the second two thirds of Echo of a Rose. Um, and then Bob Don in the first set. I mean, this set is all about that second half of Echo. Um, you know, it's it's thirty minutes. Uh, combined. Um, you know, th- this jam that we've got, the second jam, uh, being this 20-minute portion, this is a great example of Trevor leading um, when it fades into that quiet space and Trevor just pulls it into the darkness, um, immediately grabs you. Like, it's just so phenomenal. Um, it's just it's dark, it's great, and Trevor is loud. I, I think th- those are my main takeaways from it. <laughs> Yeah, just after I got checkmated, uh, my last comment about Ben being fourth uh, and you guys all having it three, I actually have the show at number three uh, on my standings. 
the echo, like you said, Ryan, I mean, just incredible, incredible echo. Uh, just, man, I love so much about this show. It, it's one of the ones that I go back to, I'll throw on again, listen to again, all the way through, not listening to certain segments of it, but just tickles that spot for me. Yeah, <clears throat> um, definitely the, uh, the love the Rose theme. So for those who, who aren't aware, Portland, the City of Roses, a couple of us picked up on that. Um, yep. You know, we're Not looking me. at Arcadia's <laughs> Echo of a Rose, Rosewood Heart. Um, but yeah, really fun set. Second uh, appearance of Dr. Darkness, which was the first time we saw the second appearance of a, a debut song. Good, good placement for me. Um, this was a, yeah, I think one of the, a really cool and well-constructed set list. Um, Travelers, just perfect in sort of that late set one slot and then big echo and got the Bob Don with the jam, the uh, ending jam, you know, just a fun, fun set. Um, Don ending jam. Yeah. 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 I mean, every set, like, let's bring that every first set that Bob Don, um, big Bob Don, Uh, you know, in the jam, I think it was the jam based podcast where like Rick was talking about like having the actual instrument um, on stage. And I think this echo is an example of having the Hammond C3, right? Ryan? Yep. Um, yes. On stage. <laughs> and like Peter kills it in this jam on the Hammond. And it, it sounds so good. And you, you can hear the difference between like when he was doing it, I think on the Nord, right? Before. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and here, um, and this is an amazing example of that. Uh, and it really convinced me that like what Rick was saying, where like, you've got to have the actual instrument on stage for that extra punch. Um, uh, yeah. Didn't, and then, didn't have, didn't have uh, enough knob with the Nord. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not enough knob. Um, and then, you know, the sirens, we haven't talked about the siren. Like this was like the, you know, that was when like shit got crazy, <laughs> like absolutely crazy. Peter called the cops. Um, yeah, I had like evil circus clown in my notes, uh, um, but like that was absolutely outrageous. Um, yeah, you know, the air raid came and the zombie apocalypse was upon us, and it, you know there was all kinds of weird shit happening. And man, I love this jam uh, mm-hmm. so much. Yeah, this uh, this is my this is right behind Wisteria for me um, in terms of my jams. And yeah, that, that, yeah, around like 11 or 12 minutes, I mean, Trevor is dropping just that, those rubber band bass bombs. Yeah. Um, yes. I hate to say it, but, but this, but this was 94 fish sounding for me, almost that carnival um, organ effect, whatever that is, Ryan. And then, and then the, the bass that Trevor was playing, I mean, right. Uh, just a, a few just really odd, and that's and that's a big part of what makes it the whole jam is great but that that middle section there um, where they where they're transitioning um then yeah peter calls the cops in i mean it's it's insane <laughs> such a great. killer jam um and uh and yeah th- this this is a great set um bob don obviously like you mentioned with the outro jam love to see it love to to have the the confidence and the optimism that that's definitely not a one-time thing or a once in a while thing that hopefully hopefully without it is the once in a while thing yes um okay moving into the second set we've got another strong rockdale as it tends as it tends to be uh then we've got another 20 plus minute rosewood uh indian river and pancakes um i mean 
we've seen Indian River uh, come back uh, in its its uh, older arrangement, uh, not the um, one new that was feel. debuted in the fall, not not the new feel. Um, but I mean, this rosewood is really really good. Um, it is my number seven jam of the tour uh, for me. Um, but yeah, they, I, I think this one definitely is a lot more interesting than the San Diego one. Um, and, and then, uh, Indian river. I like how they've incorporated the welcome to Delta jam as part of the song. Um, you know, it is, it is no longer its own thing. Um, nice to see it come back now that the, the Delta variant of COVID is no longer, uh, you know, the dominant thing. Um, and then, uh, you know, another pancakes coming back, not as, not as groundbreaking as the debut version in San Diego, but still solid 17 minute, uh, pancakes closing the second set. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, uh, Ryan. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan of the, you know, the kind of the OG Indian river. Um, so they brought that back, but what's interesting is that, is that it's Peter on that intro versus Rick. Um, which is double interesting with when we bring in this kind of welcome to Delta ish new jam that's being apparently just incorporated into Indian river. Um, so welcome to Delta being kind of a, a real, I always felt like that was a real Peter led instrumental. So, so interesting developments with, with, with this song in that respect, I kind of felt like maybe, maybe, you know, Peter is, uh, is really digging that OG version. Wanted to kind of put his spin on it, and then also then is leading that um, that that second instrumental jam. So um, interesting. And then also just real quick on the rosewood. Um, yeah, I also really like this rosewood, and I think I, I don't I don't currently have it ranked as high, but I have been in my head kind of wondering like, do I like this one better than the much much longer Louisville version? Madison. Was that Louis? Madison, sorry, uh, with the, you know, the 28 minute um, version, a lot of times it's, it's hard sometimes you, with 28 minutes, something like that, you just length isn't everything, you know, yeah, you want to love it. But I, I really do like this Rosewood from this night. I, th I think it, I think it might be my favorite of the three they played. And again, all three Rosewoods all very long. This is my favorite Rosewood. I like, I have no shame in admitting it. And I have it very high. I, I think it might even be in my top five. I, I have to look again. Um, and it's all like pretty fluid. I love this rosewood. I mean, I love rosewood, right? Uh, but I love this particular rosewood. It's one of my favorites in a long time, actually. Um, pretty awesome. Not looking forward to controversies around Welcome to Delta being part of Indian River. Um, there will be some kind of like, you know, 200 comment thread uh, on Facebook about this in no time. And, I think already uh, has. Not much else to say about this set. Like, Rockdale rocks. It's, it's awesome. It's always the same, pretty much. It's about 15 minutes. Pancakes like could have been more awesome, but there are awesome versions of pancakes awesome. out there. Yeah, still yeah. awesome. Love it. I, yeah. I mean, I, for the I, I didn't talk about the and I didn't talk about the white lights Shamalama on Shamalama. So I think saying that it happened is doing it justice. Um, Who got married? All right. <laughs> yeah, it's a, um, it's a good set. Yeah, great set. All right, next show, we've got the second night in Portland. Uh, first set, uh, we've got Returning the Favor from Tempe. We've got Slow Ready into SOS, uh, Earthling or Alien, Atlas Dogs, My Generation, Inside Out. I think this is a really good set, actually. Um, 
you know, we've got, I mean, SOS, um, you know, the first few times they played it, um, it was a bit shorter, but they added in that uh, Peter Organ solo um, at the beginning of that final jam section uh, in the fall. I think that it's phenomenal. As you mentioned, having that C3 on stage, it's just got such a great sound to it. And as I, I love SOS, um, you know, it's it's it, it has become one of my favorite songs uh, by then. And then Earthling, you know, as we talked about this, you know, and I mentioned earlier that kind of like churning jam that they get to in this. And it's just it has a darker tinge to it. I wouldn't call this a fully evil jam, um, but it's got that darker tinge and it just it gets to that really nice churning space. Um, and I, I, I love to see Earthlink filling that uh, first jet, first set jam vehicle role. Um, you know, the conducting was a fun shtick while it lasted, but I think this suits the song um, much better. Um, and then Atlas Dogs, this jam, uh, you know, it's the second time played for this. Uh, obviously, we broke the trend. I don't think we mentioned in the last show. Uh, they broke the trend of debuting a new song at the beginning of the second set. Um and also started repeating the songs. Um, and so I think on the second play, you know, with the, with the notable exception of pancakes, I think um, with the second play, these songs really start stretching out a little bit more. You know, we'll talk about the born uh, in the next show, but this Atlas dogs is phenomenal, very, very fast and a great build. Um, and then uh, my generation into inside out inside out is also one of my favorite goose covers. Um, just really, really great. And I think this set is just really strong overall. Atlas Dogs, man. Um, that's a really, really good jam. Um, you already hit on like kind of the build um, and the speed. Um, and it, it starts off like not so fast and then gets really, really fast. And like if Goose starts doing more jams like that, where they do like big tempo builds as it goes, I mean, they have a phenomenal drummer, right? Everybody knows this at this point. Um, so they can do stuff like this. And that jam, I have that one in my top 10. Um, I, I'm probably the only one who does. Uh, it, it, I, yeah, I just absolutely love the way it builds up and the energy that it gets towards the end. Uh, it, it's spectacular. And it makes me like really stoked about like more Atlas dogs in the future. Like this is the one where like, you know, first Atlas dogs was like pretty good. And I was psyched about the tune. And like this one makes it like one that I'm really chasing and I'm really looking forward to. Just out of curiosity, where you guys have the show ranked uh, amongst your amongst the tour? I don't have this in my top ten. I can tell you, Kev, that I have this at number eight. Yeah, I have it seven or eight. I think sort of around there. It's a it's a solid show. I think, I think this, this would have been my eleven. This is yeah, and good... I mean. It's a good set. It's a good set. Um, slow ready into SOS, like you said, Ryan. Uh, SOS is growing on me. It's a great, great song live. Earthling, no conducting, just jam it, and we got some business. And yeah, Atlas Dogs is just this is the this is where that song got really, really um hooked me. <clears throat> and I think it's just set up really well to continue to be a fun one to for people to see as they keep you know bringing it out over the next couple of weeks. Um, two good covers to close, you know, fun set. Yeah. I think as far as SOS earthling and Atlas dogs, I think those were the three best versions of those respective songs on this tour. So mm -hmm. that, that really helped strengthen the set. Um, I mean, for me, the, 
the, my, I rank the show where I rank it in part because of the My Generation Inside Out <laughs> kind of wrap up to set one. Um, well, I mean, major against either of those songs, but just back to back to close the set after after what they had just dropped. I mean, it just kind of felt like maybe that's the time for for, for something else. But um, and then you know, as far as set two, um, yeah, a, a big arrow, um, and then another oh. red bird flow down, turn clouds, closing the set with Arcadia, and then encoring with the slow ready jam. Um, and so, so yeah, just, I, I guess back to reasons for ranking, I, I just, I felt that this set too didn't really deliver much in terms of, of improv. I mean, the arrow was the only thing that really went out there. And for me, this was another arrow that just kind of spent 20 minutes um, doing good stuff but nothing great that I really had a, had a hankering to get back to on, on, on a re-listen. Yeah. And I, I, I think, I think that's a pretty good way to sum up the second set. I don't think there's really much else any of us need to say on that. Uh, moving on to Seattle. Uh, first set there, we've got uh, butter rum, your ocean, hot tea, born honeybee and fish in the sea. You know, it's a good set when you've got rum and honeybee in it. Um, re- really interesting seeing your ocean and hot tea both uh, mid first set. You know, not a placement you see from either of those songs. Uh, usually, um, I-, I like seeing them there. You know, switching up the placement is cool. You know, uh, less predictable for hot tea showing up there as well. Um, and um, this born man. Uh, you know, we get that extended born treatment with the two thousand one jam. Um, obviously. I mean, this outclasses the debut version uh, from San Francisco, but the, the, easily the jam of the set and the show. Um, really, really standout moment. I love this. And Fish in the Sea is a great cover. Love the synth uh, the synth groove aspect to it. Yeah, this <clears throat> this set personally for me just didn't didn't really do it for me. Um, felt pretty disjointed. Uh, just song selection, like you said, Ryan, sort of, rum ocean tea you know it's but born was great um yeah highlight of the night highlight of the set for sure um yeah a a good moment and a forgettable set for me so yeah yeah overall same same feelings on this um fellas uh but yeah born was so good um they 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 entered the jam a little bit differently this time than in the debut version um which you know i know some other some other uh folks that we respect a lot have talked about this too that yeah you know a lot of these a lot of these new songs are being worked out you know in real time especially when it comes to the jams obviously um but yeah so so this was cool they tweaked it a little bit um and then just kind of came in you know uh, uh, rick using the reverse kind of kind of the reverse delay effect which we've seen a, a, a quite a bit of that, I think. And I think both Rick and Peter might be using that same, you might be both using reverse. Sometimes it's hard for me to tell. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, and the, the, the kind of the full band transition um, felt a little smoother in this version. Um, jams obviously longer, um, not, not incredible. I didn't think it was, it was days and days better than the first version. Um, I thought it, I thought it was better, but I, I mean, this song just kills. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm. Uh, this is this is one that they're going to continue to kind of experiment with, but Born Alone does it for me. Yeah. 
Born is the jam of the first set easily. I have this uh, overall uh, as a show ranked probably in my bottom f bottom four of the tour. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, still solid. And and second Always set solid. again. Always yeah, solid. second set again. You know, a trend we keep seeing this tour. Solid set. Not mu not much in the way of uh, improv. You know, you've got pretty standard Yeti into the mist. Uh, old man's boat, which is becoming. They're cranking out these 15-minute versions, which are fantastic. You know, Peter on the vintage vibe. Um, but, it, you know, it loses a little bit of its luster, uh, just like a 20-minute arrow loses a little bit of its luster when there are four other 20-minute arrows uh, on the tour that do a very similar thing. Uh, the debut of Jeff Engborg, um, which I really, really enjoyed. I think this will be a great first set tune. Um, Seekers, um, and then uh, another big empress to close the second set. Uh, and don't do it encore. I, you know, again, solid set, not much in the way of improv. Shout out Mini Mall, Mini, Mini Mall Jam. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah. that was in uh, Engborg, Engborg, right? Yep, that was a cool song. Yeah, the first the set is Bingo Tour. Another. This was another. Was this another unfinished miss too? I haven't. Or sort of. The miss yeah. was unfinished. Yep. 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 Yeah, I I didn't love this set either. I, I, this show is <clears throat> one of my least favorite of the tour. The Engborg was cool. Nice little moment. You know, you can pick out highlights for sure. Didn't didn't do it for me here. I want more Jeff Engborg. Um, please yeah. uh, play it again. Um, pretty cool backstory about Jeff Engborg. Um, Jeff Engborg went on to El Goose and talked about the song, which is pretty great. Jeff Engborg, the guy, uh, was apparently a pretty amazing musician himself uh but he composed this tune uh for great blue way back in however long ago and he composed this tune on the hammond c3 that peter plays on stage today uh, which is really really fucking cool um uh, like what a cool story um then also it was played with like somebody's like hunter clav that was in someone's mom's basement um, which is a thing that happens. I wish I knew here. someone who had a yeah, clav in their right? mom's basement. <laughs> in some alternate universe where, like, your friend's mom has a hundred clav in her basement. Uh, right, well, that like, apparently happens yeah. in, in Wilton, Connecticut. So there you go. Uh, Lucky yeah. <laughs> the one cool thing to say about this. And then the mini mall rap comes back, right? After it's been since it's Bingo Tour. Like, it's just like. So that's pretty cool. You know what? We, we, need, a, we need a bird and mini mall mashup. That, that's what we need here. Um, okay, Let, let's move on. Uh, you know, um, let's move on to the show. Um, yes. I think the first, I think the first really great, consistently amazing show of the tour. Um, two really incredible sets. Bozeman. This was also the first show of the tour where there was no stream available whatsoever. Um, we had a uh, shout out to uh, Jake who was texting us the set list. Um, while he was at the show, um, we had no idea what was going on, but listening to, uh, the audience tape recording the next day, um, I was just blown away, uh, by what I heard, you know, starting off with this really, really solid first set jive one opener, um, Walcott civil rising, all I need doc Brown Walcott, um, you know, goose kills tunes by the band, uh, you know, look out Cleveland. Don't do it. Uh, Walcott, like all fantastic. Um, fits their sound so well, and the jam out of this is just so great. The segue into Silver Rising is fantastic. Um, but really, like, this All I Need to me is everything I want out of an All I Need. 
You know, like in in terms of I if I'm looking for a 25 minute all I need that you know obviously it's not going into any like crazy deep dark spaces. Um, you know, it deviates a little bit uh, in the last few minutes into a cool space, but that first jam is just beautiful and melodic. Um, second jam just pushes to that peak. Really reminds me a lot of those big uh, 2019 versions. Um, and then has a fantastic segue into Doc Brown to close the set. Absolutely phenomenal. Bro. That was my comment. 20, this is a, this is the best 2019 all I need that you never heard. If you haven't heard it, yeah. hear well, it. 2019 so, didn't stretch out the first jam like that. So that, that's, what oh man, it's just, they, yeah, such a, such, you're right. Such a good feel though. Um, and, and I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. This is, this is just, this is like the typical, almost perfect all I need. Just yeah. the, the balance of the jams, um yeah yeah loved it and shout out to to rock and knit who was the the taper there that night that, that had this up the next day thank you um so we so really appreciate that because like you mentioned only only show of the tour that we didn't have at least a fan stream um and that makes it really hard to to live set list um and uh but but yeah walcott was was really good i i love that cover um in fact, if they only ever did one band cover, that would be the one that I would choose if they do. Yeah, um, agreed. It's, it, it, it's my favorite of, of the batch. Um, this uh, uh, this this isn't a grand statement, but this is the best Silver Rising. Um, it's 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 not jammed out, but it is perfectly played, beautifully played. Um, this is this is this is like a tearjerker almost for me. I've I've, I've listened to this a lot and. Uh, I, I just love it. I mean, just the emotion in this song, and maybe it's just me, but um, I just love it so much. Um, and just to quickly wrap up uh, the rest of the set, um, I don't know. Did, I don't know. I know Ryan. We talked about the Ghostbusters teases that Peter was dropping at the end of that. All I need. Oh yeah, um, and Rick was teasing it earlier in the song. Yeah, as Rick well. was earlier in it. Yeah, I listened to it again. He yeah. does it totally. first. Forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then and then Doc Brown to to close the set as it doesn't do. Yeah, yeah, this was a this was a fun set. Just like this this is this set is like epitomizes when I first started listening to Goose. Like you get a cover, a cool band cover, Jive, an older track of theirs, a new song, which as, as you said, Brian, um, very beautiful. I think perfect placement, heavy energy in the Walcott, and then you hit this nice sort of chilled out song, uh, great placement. And just a, a, a pretty solid, perfect, all near perfect, all I need in terms of just good first jam, beautiful, nice energy in the second. The the last five minutes too of like you said that all I need it was almost like it felt kind of composed. It's like a moment what I would was highlight. Going on there. To, yeah, there's there's the last five minutes have a weird, unique space where it's like they all hook up hook up on a melody that maybe it'll become something or is something already. Who knows? But Great set, great set for sure. Yeah, Doc Brown is like first set. Doc Brown's are the bellwether of a good show, right? Um, this second tune of the first set, then like that is like the bellwether of a good show. Um, and like I, I really like that WS Walcott. Like it's almost like Arcadia, like Denver Arcadia, eleven twenty two Arcadia light without like the soaring guitar solos, but like very much like similar kind of jam. And I absolutely love that. And the all I need. You guys have already said everything I think there is to say about that. Um, there's like one little piece in there, which I was like kind of saying in chat, where like 
it sounds like Rick starts to play around with um, like the lick from Jessica, the Almond Brothers band's song. Um, mm. And like, that's really interesting um, that they grabbed a hold of that. Uh, but he never did anything with it. He kind of played around with it for about a minute and a half and then walked away from it. But um, pretty cool thing to note about that one. I think that comes at about like the 18 minute mark. In that yeah. Scene. And now shall we talk about this set too? It was so awesome to see like this show where they nailed both sets you know, it, it, the pitfall had to come somewhere, and it came in the encore. But you know that, like this oh, second my. set is so phenomenal. You know, continues the momentum from set one and just builds on it. Like you know, pretty short Elizabeth, but a cool jam, and the segue into Moby is incredible. Um, so just so great. Um, so ready. Um, then comes next. Uh, you know, keeps the energy high. Obviously, nothing outside the box there and then we get a 30 minute segment of cross-eyed into dragonfly which is just more just like really really awesome jamming and then this old c which i'm gonna fluff forever because i am absolutely in love with this jam um you know you it starts out innocuously enough oh before i even talk about this old c i just want to mention this set is a lot longer than a lot of other sets from this tour, you know, like I, I think in a lot of scenarios, um, I wouldn't have been surprised if they ended after cross-eyed dragonfly, um, because they were, they were just past that one hour mark, I believe. Um, and there are a lot of sets that wind up around that length. So I'm really happy. They decided to throw down this 20 minute, this old C, um, to close the set. You know, you have that typical ethereal, beautiful, this old C jam to start. And then just before the 12 minute mark, they kind of take it dark, and it just gets evil. This is our second truly evil jam of the tour. Um, Peter really, really shines here. First on the vintage vibe, he activates that siren loop synth, and then there's that moment when he comes in on the organ when we're like in this like deep, like thrashy kind of territory, and it just it just hits perfectly for me. Just the way that takes up the space in the jam and. And then it returns to major at the end to close. It's just, it's incredible. This is my number two jam of the tour. Um, you know, I had it above Wisteria um, the first time I heard it. But, you know, after listening a few more times, Wisteria beats it uh, by a little bit. But I I adore this. So th this was actually the, the second longest set of the tour. Um, mm. Just if you're curious, Ryan, it's... Uh, uh, behind only Louisville set two and wow. by a minute, uh, but only a minute longer than the previous night's set two in Seattle, um, which didn't, didn't turn out quite as well, but, um, but yeah, just, uh, I, I mean, obviously I think, I think the main thing here is the, for me is the, is the C. Um, I love this song. Um, this is a great version. Uh, it's, I have it at number three in my jams. Um, Peter calls the cops again, which I love. And, uh, but, uh, but, but what I like about it is that it, it's, the jam starts out with the, what, what I consider the, the old school South Farms 917 debut kind of just beautiful slow build jam, just that classic jam. Mm -hmm. So I love getting that classic jam and then also then getting this amazing jam after. I think some of the other more exploratory this old seas kind of abandoned the, the pretty jam. Mm -hmm. And just and went straight into kind of uh, you know some very, many different areas across some of the versions from last year. 
So that's, I think, what I love the most about this. This is the GOAT C for me. Oh, um, and, yeah. and, and, and I mean, it's a big part of that is um, as much as that great second jam is they, they, they deliver on the, the, the kind of beautiful um, this old C jam that I think we all kind of like from our memories back to that, you know, debut electric, well, not debut, but bringing it back um, in 2020. My notes had this down as Bliss Old Sea Type 2 and Bliss Old Sea again, which is uh, an incredible version of the song. I listened to it again today. It's not often you get 30 minutes to listen to a C, but I try to carve it out because it's just an awesome tune. Number three as well on my top ten. Yeah, I can't really say anything that's already been said. I This this Old Sea is incredible. Uh, I have it as my number two, like Ryan. Yeah. So I got your back on that one, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know, second set cross-eyed and painless, like anytime, like bring it. Uh, so awesome, and this is probably the best dragonfly they ever played. Like they really, um, that that end piece where it gets like really frantic. Um, they really dive into that one on this one. Like, you know, some of these ten tapes tunes can be. I mean, some of them, like uh, dragonfly and, and Moby, can be like really can jamish, and this is like one of the first ones that doesn't sound like a can jam on this tour that they kind of just like went and played from beginning to end just the way they played it like on TED tapes and I, I think it's pretty cool do they carry pina coladas in cans uh, <laughs> none shall speak of the pina coladas I, I, yeah I, I think we talked about this but swapped this encore with San Diego's uh, two, make two it the Lee. Jive 2 Lee and uh, this is an all timer show well, so, you know, we talked about this uh, a little bit offline um, and, and I'm, you know, my opinion is that we're going to, we're going to get quite a few shows that are going to top anything that we saw from this tour. Mm -hmm. That said, I have Bozeman as the best show of this tour. Um, yep. The only, um, the, you know, the only things that I would, you know, we talk about, if you know, yeah, if you swapped out that encore, I think there's only two or three things that you swap out here. And I think, the, I think swapping the Elizabeth opener out is probably something else that would make this a top, top show. Um, and then I, I love the cross side. I think they kind of went a little bit, I think they kind of shortchanged us on the intro jam, um, yep. which that's one of my favorite parts of goose covering this song. And so, I mean, you look back to Kansas city, that was such a, that was such an amazing jam kind of coming out of the Arcadia. Uh, but it, but it was that intro jam and, and it was, it was far longer um, than what we saw last night or what we saw in Bozeman. So, um, there's a couple of things that I think could be tweaked there, but man, that's, that's nitpicking boys. Cause yeah, that's the top show of the tour. Easy. In my opinion. I mean, mm -hmm. offline, I also said that like, this is one of the best ones they've ever done, which maybe I've backed off that a little bit, but like, man, it's a really good show. I mean, I'm trying to think back, like, like what beats it over the past couple of years. I'm like having a hard time. Yeah. I mean, Louisville. Louisville? Yeah. Not Louisville. Uh, not Louisville. I will. I will definitively say not Louisville. Um, well, well, let's get there. Let, let's dive into this last uh, four night run of the tour, uh, starting uh, February 9th, uh, First Avenue, Minneapolis, uh, opening big drive, uh, first double jam drive of the tour. Uh, Gun Street Girl, Lead the Way, Life on the Shelf, Electric Avenue, Madovan. I mean. It's a pretty solid standard drive, similar to Arrow Drive. You know, we'll have these big 20-minute versions that are 20 minutes of drive, and it's still very great jamming, um, but nothing crazy outside the box uh, for me. 
Gun Street Girl, I know we talked about this, um, you know, nod to the other Tom Waits song that would have been the obvious pick here, Christmas Card from a Hooker in Minneapolis. Um, otherwise, you know, I, I think Madhavan got a little bit shortchanged uh, as the first set closer here, only coming in around, you know, just over 15 minutes. Um, but, you know, another pretty solid set. I thought this set was pretty standard. Um and I've, uh, in fact, I kind of struggle a little bit with this show as a whole, and we'll talk about set two in a minute. But, um, but yeah, I thought the drive was 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 good, but not great. Um, and and I think that's probably, I guess, what I'd say about just about everything else from this set. So, ditto. I love lead the way. It's always yeah. got like a, a sweet jam in in the middle, and that's it's gonna, the best thing I can say about this set. It's gonna have its twenty minute version sometime soon. I sure hope it. so, because I love that jam. Drive. If they really let that jam breathe, it's... drive keeps getting yeah. moved further and further up in the uh, into that opening spot. There, they used to never uh, open. It's got three opening spots in the last year. It was always I'm okay with three, it. Always in the three spot. They love to put it in the three spot. I like a drive opening. Uh, second set, we've got uh, Jamless Bob Don opening up, uh, and then Echo of a Rose, Spirit of the Dark Horse, Mississippi Half Step, uh, and Flea, and then a White Lights Encore. Um, what do you guys think about the new Dark Horse arrangement? I I personally would like uh, to hear the old one uh, come back. I, I think it's got more of a unique vibe to it. Um, I think that this newer version sounds a lot more standard goose to me um, than the previous version of Dark Horse. And I do really want the Thunder ending. Uh, please, goose. If you're some for some reason listening to this podcast and you've made it an hour, you've made it this far. If anyone's yeah. listening, if anybody is listening, still an hour and forty minutes in, tell the band. So I was thinking the same thing, Ryan. I was like, maybe maybe Dark Horse is on the shelf right now because they're just perfecting the the ending. Yeah, because you know, the, the album ending. Um, but uh, but unfortunately, it's because they were they were trying something different. Um. And I prefer the, the, the kind of the OG version. Um, and then, you know, just, I, I, I thought about this earlier talking about the, you know, the Rick's vocal effects. I feel like on Dark Horse, there's, there's been an issue with it. Um, and I think, I, I think maybe two, two or three Dark Horses ago, we, it sounded off and we were like, oh man, you know, is it, we got a bad cable or something maybe. Right. But it almost seems like it's been two or three in a row where his, his, uh, vocal effects are are really kind of sounding off. Um, I don't know if that's just me, but um, mm-hmm. all in all, yeah, I definitely I definitely like to see the the OG version come back. But maybe they'll work this one out a little bit and tweak it a little bit more. It felt it definitely felt new and it, it and it felt like uh, I don't want to say forced, but it didn't really felt like it was flowing out of them. Mm-hmm. No, I mean they took it twenty twenty two minutes and didn't really go anywhere. And I, yeah, I agree. The old version, uh, saw a couple versions of it last year, and it's one of my, one of my favorite songs to see live. And um, was was hoping that it might, I might get it, you know, in the last two shows I saw. <clears throat> but yeah, it didn't it didn't click for me yet. I probably need to listen to it a couple more times. The arrangement seemed weird. It didn't just yeah, it didn't. It sounded forced. Agreed, agreed, Brian. Um, rest of the set too. Uh, Mississippi half step, obviously they crushed that cover, but kind of uh, forgettable. The echo was good. Um, the new arrangement, I I personally like it. It's 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 fun and bouncy. 
um, and a you know a standard solid flea to finish with so. a jam though we got it we got our flea with yeah. a decent sized jam yeah so it's a good jam good. Um, yeah. I'll say this about Dark Horse I, I think I, I'll have the dissenting opinion on on like that arrangement I don't think it's a bad arrangement of that tune I think it needs some like time uh, to like breathe a little bit but like I like that like uncy like kind of beat like somebody on Twitter called it like the Disco Biscuits uh, goose um which i thought was like funny and not necessarily true but like i it made me laugh um you know it it did sound good they just never did anything creative with it you know and um i i think it can go somewhere especially like as they start to use more guitar effects like rick did play around quite a bit with that like reverse tape delay thing in this one i think it was rick uh it's hard to tell who's doing what sometimes but i think in that particular one um yeah i think it was rick um so I, I have hopes for like this this arrangement of Dark Horse. Like I don't think it's like bad and like if I were ever to hear it say like, well, I really wish they would play the other uh version. But um the other thing in this set is uh this Echo of Rose is awesome. Uh and it's a lot like the Echo of Rose from Montana, um, Pine Creek, insofar as like it's incredibly high energy to end. Um I didn't get anybody on the train with me on like loving that uh that Montana <laughs> Echo Over Rose, but this one kind of follows that. Uh, I I love that. No, that Pine Creek Echo Over Rose is great. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and this one, like, kind of not as good, uh, but like follows that mold. Uh, so great, so pretty good. All right, moving on. Uh, we've got uh, Madison, Wisconsin, the first show of the tour that one of us was at, uh, and I will let I will let Deep talk about it in a sec. First set, we've got. Uh, Earthling or Alien, Caution, Wales, Rosewood, Old Man's Boat. Um, I mean, this show is just carried, I think, a lot by the two gargantuan jams that we've got. One each set, Rosewood and Arrow, both hitting uh, 28 minutes or so. Um, but, I mean, this Earthling or Alien, again, continues that to hit that, like, churning, darker vibe. Um, I like their cover of Caution a lot. Um, and, you know, Old Man's Boat delivered. What was, D, what was your experience at the show for this one? Yeah, um, <clears throat> it was a it was a fun fun night. Um, got together with uh, some good friends, Brendan and Becca. Shout out to them um, up from Illinois, and uh, yeah, we we had a good time. Um, Earthling opener was kind of funny because after getting it in Colorado for the mission shows, I felt that was cursed. Uh, but um, yeah, the jam was good. I like Caution. Um, I think they did a good job of it. You know, seeing it live. <clears throat> Always love Rosewood. Um, it's obviously one of my favorite songs with my handle. Uh, big, long version, which Brian talked about it earlier. Sometimes, you know, I think there's some good moments in it after having listened back to it a couple of times. It takes a little bit to get to the, some of these places for sure. Um, you know, it, you could look at it almost like it's a very patient build or is it sort of they're working out ideas. Um, but I like it a lot. Good jam. Old Man's Boat is fun to see live, too. And, uh, yeah, solid set. Fun set. All right. And uh, second set, uh, we've got Yeti, A-U-A-T-C, um, Arrow, Arise, and Arcadia. Uh, Yeti and the A's. Um, I, I just noticed that. I wonder if there was an intention there with that. Um, you know, yeah. uh, speaking of the rosewood and the arrow, there's there's something that sticks out to me from the uh, the Fish It Festival documentary. You know, in one of his interviews, Page talks about, you know, 
maybe the first 20 minutes of the jam isn't that interesting, but they don't get to the crazy, awesome stuff that happens at minute 25 without that first 20 minutes. And so I, I think this Arrow and this Rosewood are a great example of that kind of jamming where it takes a while to get there, but there are a few minutes of cool stuff at the end. And, and you know, because of a lot of the, the big portion of the jams that don't go, you know, to like crazy interesting places, I think these two end up a lot lower on my list than they would otherwise. Um but I, you know, I think they're great. And this Arcadia really pleasantly, I think, surprised all of us. Um, you know, when we saw it coming in that second set closer spot, I think we were expecting that quick. You know, we had seen the previous two uh, Arcadias on this tour were pretty standard. Um, you know, we got this crazy Trevor slap bass solo and then just like false peaks on false peaks. And it ended up being, you know, a nice extended version. So, uh, you know, pretty solid set. And then Disco Inferno Encore. Yeah. Yeah. Sunset. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. So I struggle with this one a little bit um, as well because I feel like outside of Rosewood Arrow and Arcadia, there's there's not a whole lot happening. Um, really, not a whole lot at all. And so I look at those those big jams, and Arcadia is my favorite of those three, to be honest. And and I think you know your page quote. I mean, I struggle with that a little bit only because I think that. I don't think that either of these, I think that Rosewood and, and, and Arrow both went really long, but I don't know that either of them really ended up delivering enough to warrant what it took to get there. Because I, I feel like in that quote, it's saying, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, when we deliver the goods in minute 25, then you're going to feel better about, you know, minutes 10 through 20. Right. Um, and so I kind of felt like both of these really, really were searching for something. And uh, and it's good music, obviously, um, that they played. But I but I I just don't feel like either really reached the heights that that you know any of us would hope for in a in a jam with that length, you know, for sure. Um, I love the Trevor bass um, solo in the Arcadia, though. I mean, it just it, I love it. I love it. Neil, go ahead. That's what I was just about to say. We talked earlier in the pod about like um, like Trevor like really being out there and like oh, oh Trevor ripped like this is an example, right? I think a lot of times when you hear Trevor like really rip it up, like he kind of gets pushed to do it by the bands. Like he's not like super confident, like he's going to go out there and just like slap it up, you know? Um, and this one like was really unforced. Like this was like, he went out there and did it. Um, and it is a unique Madavon, right? Or I mean, uh, Arcadia. He's never really done that before in Arcadia, at least that I know of. Um, and it's spectacular. It's, it's you know, great bass playing. So I, I think it sets that Arcadia apart it's really cool and then you know the other thing about this set uh is uh the tune by the um uh, really unknown uh indie artist bob iver um <laughs> bon don uh yeah i mean i think his name's robert iver but um spectacular fucking tune man. <laughs> it's a top that's a top that's a top tier cover yeah. Um, I, I did. I, 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 I've never, I'd never heard of this Bonnie Bear guy. So I just assumed Bob. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. It must've been Trevor. Trevor had a little bit of extra mustard in the tank. Uh, that set for sure. It must've been the Mountain Dew. He was drinking out of the champagne flute. Oh yeah. Right? Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, I did see that. That was funny live. Yeah. That That's, classy. That's it, classy. We missed the Trevor joke. We missed the Trevor 
Oh, we didn't talk about the Trevor joke. Oh my God, yes, Trevor spoke into a microphone for the first time since uh, Terminal Five, I think. Right. Is that when he read poetry? Yeah. Yep. What was the joke? I don't remember what the joke was. Uh, where, uh, where do you find the best salad? I believe. Oh yes, the dressing dressing room. room. The dressing room. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it's not a good joke. No, but, but, uh... now, okay, wait, 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 battle of the jokes. <laughs> wait, will you take, will you take this joke or, or the, the joke Jeff made before American woman, uh, in Texas in November? Which was, that was, that was something, uh, about, uh, cause freedom rings in America or something. I, oh I think, yeah. Right, right, right. I think I'll take Trevor's, um, you know. I have a I have a thing with American women, as everybody knows. Well, I do, well, I just want to hear Trevor talk more. I mean, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, one thing that I want to say before we move on from this, um, I mentioned this like it, in chat when we were like watching the stream, but in Eat Up All the Cake, like Peter totally loses his way, um, and starts playing the Star Wars theme for like just a second, uh, which I thought was like absolutely fantastic. Did any of you guys pick up on that? No. You, you should go back and listen to it. He, he with absolutely, without a doubt, plays the Star Wars theme um, for and like, where? Uh, and ate up all the cake. Like he he's so, he's playing piano and like that's what that acronym stands for. What? No, ate up all the cake. cake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought it was just an acronym for ate up all the cake. <laughs> no, but like, I, I didn't. I, I thought it was just a bunch of letters. Like, I didn't know it had a meaning. There we go. Yes. I need something today. He, he plays the Star Wars theme for just a moment in there, uh, which I thought was kind of funny. But just, just well, to be fair movie. to Ryan, um, I, I looked up Bobby there, and he and he's <laughs> he's actually known for some obscure, like song titles and album titles and stuff. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, they say okay. ate up all the cake in the song. Inventor of acronyms. Okay. All right. Um, moving on to, uh, I think that the second really awesome show of the tour, uh, really consistently amazing across both sets, uh, Louisville, uh, opening up with a really great jive too. um, you know, just want to point out again, how much I love, uh, Peter having the clav solo in this one. Um, I'm a sucker for clav as I've mentioned before, and everybody knows, um, Indian river makes its second appearance of the tour here. Uh, featuring a nice broken string jam from Rick, which leads to another kind of that Fish 1994 uh, kind of vibe. I was talking to someone earlier um, about like this specific moment, um, and it's this is a really cool space. Again, really great Trevor lead Peter on some like like weird and haunting uh, repeating piano riff. Um, it was just a really cool, really cool jam, and this one kind of having the absence of the synth. Uh, vibe that we've seen uh, or that we saw in like the This Old Sea or the guitar uh, from Wisteria a very different approach to that uh, evil jamming and then then leading into Dr. Darkness uh, appropriately out of the darkness um, and then Pancakes and a Hot Tea, I mean this Pancakes is phenomenal, uh, makes my top 10 uh, jams of the tour, really just uplifting jam they kill it. I think beats the San Diego version, uh, in my opinion, uh, is, is the goat pancakes out of the three. Um, and then a cool, atypical hot tea. You know, I love, I love when this breaks out of that, like, you know, 15 to 17 minute standard version. Um, you know, and I just really, really good set. Yeah. So, um, so really awesome first set. Um, another, 
not quite welcome to Delta Jam um, that, that, that is really, really good. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, just kind of long term, like where this sits with Indian River. If this is something they continue to do and becomes regular, or if these are a couple isolated incidents. Um, but that's a killer jam. Um, pancakes, I totally agree with what you said, Ryan. Yeah, this is the third and best version. Very beautiful middle section of this. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a top ten jam jam for me as well. Um, and then the hot tea. Yeah, just uh, again, Ryan, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying here. Um, I, I, I do love, this is the best hot tea I've heard in a while. Um, just kind of some, I mean, really kind of dark, you know, dirty funk soup, you know, and then it just, it turns up, the tempo picks up, it, it turns up beat, but it maintains that same just dirty funk to it. Um, so, so it's got, it's, it's got, it's got, it goes through a few different kind of feels to that jam. Um, yeah, yeah, really, really good, really strong set. Yeah, I love this show. My number two show. Absolutely. It's the number one for me, and it's not even close. Not even close. In you have it that far ahead of Bozeman? Well, one spot, in fact, in front of Bozeman, Ryan. No, uh, I mean, no, but you said it's not even close. You said not even close. Yeah. That, and then you were like, not even close. Pounds ahead of no, there's a gap, Bozeman. you know. Like, and, that should, yeah. and, that, and that should give you some context on how I feel about Rupert Holmes and Pina Colada. <laughs> oh, man. Deciding man. factor. Looking for a shout-out. Not, <laughs> <laughs> not, oh, not looking for a oh, shout-out. Just it's a perfect show to bring it up at. I'm well, with you, I mean, Kev. I'm with you, Kev. It's the number one for me too. So I think I dropped out there, but yeah, you guys, I'm sure touched on it. It's a, it's a, this is a really fun set, like top to bottom, no holes, good jams, great like mood and energy. Uh, live, it was a an amazing crowd and vibe. Definitely, uh, am on the train of don't miss your Kentucky or Ohio shows. Um, they they love playing there and. Um, yeah, it, uh, Dr. Darkness was cool to see live. Pancakes was great. And the tea was super, super different. Um, I was listening again today, and the version is kind of cool. It has a, the last, last you know, six, seven minutes. Very unique for, for, for tea, which is nice. All right. Let's move on to that second set. Uh, opening up with Atlas Dogs, A Western Sun, Creatures, Flowdown, Peggy O., Factory Fiction, and then a Jive Lee Flowdown Encore. Um, I mean, this is a cool set. I think it, I think it flowed really well. I really liked the uh, the the splitting up of Flowdown into Peggio was a cool segue, something interesting. Not sure if I want to see Flowdown being split up uh, in the future, um, but I mean, I think returning it out of Lee in the Encore was cool. Um, a Western Sun is really the standout jam for me in this set. Um, just a really great space, similar kind of uplifting uh, to the pancakes we had in the first set. Oh, and I, I, I lied. I think Factory Fiction is actually a better jam. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is the best the best Factory Fiction since Bingo Tour. I think that's a pretty safe bet to say. Um, another really, really patient build that we've seen. Uh, gets dark for a little while. Um, you know, another really strong version. Yeah, I think I end up giving the nod to Bozeman on on my end, um, in part due to um, just not 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 quite the improvisational um, 
you know, manpower that we get from Bozeman. I think here you look at this second set and um, the Western Sun has a really pretty jam. Um, I was nodding with you before you corrected yourself to factory fiction, because I actually do for me think that this Western Sun jam is probably the best jam of the set. Mm. Um, the creatures, um, you know, is, is, it's, it's another good creatures. I think that's another song that's, that's, uh, you know, there's been some jams that, that, um, that are good, but just not great. Um, As we mentioned, yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, uh, I love Peggio, so always very happy to see that. Obviously, Factory Fiction is always great to see. Um, It's a great, it's a great show. It's it's the number two show for me, but that's why it's number two and not number one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in a show where Rick sings a Jerry tune and they play Factory Fiction, um, and then they drop like a 17-minute Western Sun, that's a good show and set. Right there. Uh, that's enough to carry a whole show. Like, the first set could be bad, even. I mean, like, Peggy O is uh, one of my favorite covers that they do. It, it's so beautiful, um, and I, I can't overstate that. Um, but I'm with Jive on this one. That Western Sun Jam is, is my favorite jam in the set uh, by, like, a lot, I think. Mm. Um, Factory Fiction is good. Uh, it's always good every time they play it. Um, but it, you know, the Western sun is, is pretty great. Atlas dogs like disappointing, right? Like it's like kind of the first one that they played, which is, they didn't really take it too far. I, I, I love the second one that they played, uh, a lot. And I was hoping when they played it this time, they were really going to give it a ride, but they didn't. It's just kind of like a standard Atlas dog. So I hope when they play this like next tour or the next leg of the tour that they really kind of, um, stretch it out a little bit more. And so I know we deal with jams in, in in here, like we're always ranking jams. But for me, the the second set, like even though it's lacking in some of those jams, the flow uh, of the songs from one to another and the energy that the, the crowd had uh, and that I had, to be honest with you, uh, watching that show was incredible. And that's really kind of what does it. That's what does it for me. Uh, maybe Bozeman in my mind suffers a little bit because again, we were watching it, you know, getting the set list like handed to us through text and couldn't watch it at the time. And, and maybe that's, maybe that suffers for me a little bit, but, uh, the, the energy and, in and the, the flow from one song to another in that second set really, really did it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, shout out to the American woman that didn't get played in Louisville. Oh, um, e. uh, just real quick, uh, just a just a recap. Since we just since we just did Bozeman and Louisville, um, I know I mentioned that I have my top two is Bozeman and Louisville. Well, I'd, I'd I'd like a recap on what everybody had. I've got Bozeman Louisville as well. Yep, Bozeman Louisville Portland one. Louisville Bozeman. Louisville Bozeman Bend. Yep. Well, that's right. attendance bias, though. So yeah, but so so your opinion's invalidated. All right. Um, <laughs> moving on oh, to I the just, last show I, of the tour. Real quick, sorry. Real quick, Ryan. Uh, yes. I, I know we always talk about Kentucky shows. Um, I just want to give a shout out to Colorado shows uh, because I think that, uh, in my personal opinion, and this is not um, that's attendance bias. <laughs> yeah, yeah, th- yeah. This is not residential bias. Um, <laughs> but Colorado gets the best goose shows, and I think that if you that if you actually look at at the data, mm. the math checks out. And they just love, yeah, to, for those of you who don't know, 
Brian is a data man. Right He's got on. spreadsheets on spreadsheets on spreadsheets. Okay, as we cross the two-hour mark here, let's get to the last show of the tour. Um, we're going to get to Pittsburgh. I mean, th- this show is was a, a crazy night for me and for other reasons than uh, the music. Um, but let's talk about the first set before we get into that. Uh, Silver Rising, Butter Rum, Turn Clouds, Red Bird, Tumble. I mean, always nice to see Rum with spuds on vocals. This is the first one in a long time where he's sang. Um, I think he did. Uh, he screwed up one of the, the vocals at one point, but always a good time and seeing a nice little jam in here. Nothing crazy, um, but, you know, got out there a little bit, which is always good to see. Um, and then the Pittsburgh, as it has been dubbed, um, very, very happy to see where this one went. Just an absolutely blistering red bird here. Um, I, I love this. Uh, this. This is my number 10 jam of the tour. Makes my makes my top 10 here um, but really really fantastic and this tumble is like molten lava 15 minutes of just heat fantastic i have this redbird as my number five jam of the year yeah Ooh. and uh yeah you know it's, it's hard to it's hard for me to not think that the straight burden campaign didn't have something to do with um <laughs> Just the, the the continued kind of great this band seems to really be putting something into this song, um, and and trying to take it to another level. So um, that could just be a coincidence. But yeah, I mean, it's time. as far yeah. as this first set, um, a strong but 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 average awesome tumble, and the Redbirds where it's at. I mean, it's 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 high energy. It's pretty much pedal to the floor. Um, just great dance party jamming. Um, love this song. Keep it going. Can't wait to see the next one. Yeah, I think they've they you can tell they were starting to gain some confidence with some of these songs as we they played them the third time, right? So the the you know that that comfort of of knowing you know vocal changes like like you were talking about Brian reworking them obviously um, they sort of made some some vocal changes to a couple other songs but yeah this this version is just great. Listen to it again today. Um, super super major blissful great peak full band patience it's what we wanted you know we want sort of patient jams that do something unlike some of you know maybe your arrow or something that just pushes mm-hmm. um so fun set but one highlight for sure yeah uh, what i like about this redbird is that like it stays in a lane and like just drives uh, so it doesn't like really go out there and like do anything spectacular. I think I was saying this to Ryan offline, um, it, and it just like builds and builds and builds. And and um, I don't know, it, it's a different approach to jamming that I don't think they do too often. Uh, and I, I think that's why I like it so much. Uh, they yeah they they're they're not like going type two and going bananas on this this redbird. It's twenty three minutes of like staying in the lane of redbird. Uh, which is, you know, is great. And uh, I think we all agree that's like pretty awesome jam. Five, number five for Jive, which is like pretty, that's, that's up there. And like, I that's agree. high like, praise. Yeah, it's high praise. Number five on the Jive Goose. Yeah, list. man. Like, that's I'm with you. Big. I'm with you. It's, it's spectacular. I don't think there's anything else to talk about about this show. Yeah. So uh, hey. just like wrap up the pod. Hey. You, you you don't want you of all people should want to talk about me getting roasted by the band in the second uh, set. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the second set, uh, Rockdale, Seekers, American Woman, Empress, and Slow Ready. 
Um, I, I mean, you know, Rockdale's great. Seekers is great. Um, getting getting roasted uh, by the band before American Woman is uh, was an absolute highlight for me. Um, I mean, I, I started screaming hysterically. Um, I would like to note that I did still uh, keep up with the set list thread. Um, so I didn't get distracted from that. Um, but I, I had... Um, you know, I, I think I lost a lot of my brain function for the duration of that song. I don't really remember what happened during the song. Um, I do remember I was like laughing hysterically. Um, but uh, thank you, Goose, um, for showing me the error of my ways. Um, you can play American Woman in the middle of the second set anytime, and I will be very happy about it. The only the only thing about the about the you know the roast that I didn't like was I you know I felt like I felt like Jeff clearly had more to say, and we'll never know how long he was going to go on. But also clearly Rick was like, nah, nah, we're done. Peter Peter's the one that started. We're done talking time. about this motherfucker. Rick doesn't know any, Rick doesn't know anything about what's happened on Twitter. Ryan, so your yeah. original your original opinion was correct. Uh... American woman would have hurt the Louisville second set. So, sorry, worked better here. I mean, it's four minutes. You can put it in any set. Like, uh, I don't know. It's like, I'll take it anywhere. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm the gong game. So, yeah, I, I do want to mention uh, also in the second set uh, in Slow Ready um, before the jam started, there was like thirty seconds or so of them doing some cool spacey stuff. Um, and I would like to see that explored more. Um, I think that's a really cool door that they've kind of uh, opened a little bit here, um, you know, to have kind of a different aspect to Slow Ready when that's already, you know, I love that song so much. But having that possibility for that little spacey excursion before the dance party of that synth arpeggiator jam, um, really, really great. And Praise You... Um, you know, I don't know if I had listened to their cover of it before, um, but I was blown away by how well that song suits the band's sound. I think that's something that should be in the regular rotation for sure. And, I mean, they could jam it. So are you not going to talk about Empress, Ryan? I mean, I mean, I, I see, the same thing. This, this, was, this was actually my favorite Empress of the... Of, <laughs> of the batch this this run so I'm, I'm i'm rather shocked but i understand that you're still in full glow of your of, okay i'm also I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to go a little bit the other way on empress after uh, the beating i've taken from neil recently about my opinions on 2021 empresses like so. what you like man yeah i mean hey man do what you want to do like if that's your yeah. thing so in both, I, I believe in both the slow ready and the Empress. Um, it's also notable that we we continue to get um, the the band is teasing, um, and I'm hearing it. And sometimes it's more subtle, but the band is definitely teasing the divided sky pause. <laughs> this is the first I'm hearing this come up. spreadsheet. <laughs> Let me add. I, it could be a vibe and not a not a full tease. Well, and, and they they encourage the crowd perhaps? to do uh, to do jazz hands during the uh, divided sky pause tease and Empress. Um, you know, you can hear Rick saying that everybody's got to do it. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it was, I, I, I'm not, you know, by not talking about the Empress at length, I mean, it's not bad. Like it's still phenomenal. Still one of my favorite goose songs. Um, but Perry, but that American woman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, is that, are we good? Like, I think, you know, we, we've, we've gone over two hours. I think we've beat the length for the, the bracket recap, uh, which is pretty good. Coverage. Com- this is comprehensive, Kev. Yes, that is true. Um, I would like to note uh, for anybody interested um, on ryanstorm.substack.com at the time of this episode's release, you will be able to get access to all of our uh, current uh, preliminary jam of the year uh, playlists on Nugs, um, our rankings. Uh, you know, we've put some time into them. There are varying lengths, um, and the rankings are a little bit different. Uh, so, uh, looking forward to you guys checking that out. Let us know what you think, uh, and feel free to share your uh, rankings with us as well, both shows and jams. Anyone else got anything they want to add about this tour? Yeah, I have one question. Hey. Um, if you guys can answer it before we actually go into a serious topic, what is the chicken satay all about? It it's came from up like, player. yeah, I know, but someone like, made really good chicken satay or something. Yeah, but why does chicken satay keep coming up? Like, it almost seems like code for like you're talking too much on stage. Has anyone else picked up on this? No, I, it's it's some people, and I think it was they walked by a campsite. Was the story that I saw? Tried some bomb chicken satay. These people that knew about it have kept referencing it. They said it in Madison when we were there. Right. Um, yeah, and, and, and I think another show or two, but uh, Ben loved the fu- the fucking chicken satay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, it feels it, like it, there's something it, more to it than that good. to me. I, I like. I feel like it's like the second somebody starts like talking a little bit too much on stage, which Ben did when he was shouting out the chicken satay uh, in Eau Claire, uh, then somebody's like, hey, is this chicken satay? Is chicken know. satay the new shut the fuck up? Yeah, I think it is. I think it, chicken satay is the new shut the fuck up. And like, yeah. um, hey, chicken satay, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, I'm glad we talked about that. Yes. All right. Well, so so what do we think is coming uh, on the next leg of the tour, in which I will finally gain some credibility to my opinions? Shout out to all the people on social media who have told me that. Um, I shouldn't be talking about Goose because I've never seen them live. Um, well, joke's on I, you. I, I, I have something to say to those people. Times. What? I have something to say to those people. Which is? Chicken satay, motherfucker. Chicken satay, motherfucker. Ryan didn't go to shows because Ryan didn't want to go to shows. <laughs> Ryan went to so, shows because Ryan hasn't gone to shows because there has been a closed border in between him fucking and pandemic, the shows. Man. Yeah, um, but um, so, so yeah. yeah to, to honestly um, and earnestly answer your question, Ryan, um, I'm looking for you know more of what we saw in this first tour. But uh, but you know, look, I think these guys are going to play a ton of shows this year. Um, so I'm actually I'm actually my my optimism is pointing toward um, some more pol- you know things continue to get polished. Um, I don't know I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see some more new songs trickle out. I don't think we're going to see anything like like what we saw in the first leg of this tour, uh, but I would expect more new songs. I'd expect heavy play on the new songs that have been debuted. 
I'd expect to see more um, kind of unexpected non-jammers as well as songs that do get jammed. Um, and then hopefully, uh, lastly, and maybe most hopefully, um, some more some more kind of dark jams um, like we saw in Wisteria um, and, and, and a couple others. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think I think that I just looked 11 shows. Goosemas is in a week. That's three Ooh. set. Uh, the biggest thing for me with the three set format, like they did in New Year's, when they take that approach, it's three shortened sets. Like the second set in Chicago was what, 48 minutes, 51 minutes, something really short. Um, so it'd be cool if they challenge themselves to 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 really do something fun there. I think that show is going to be unique. And then 10, you know, shows sort of in a tour type uh, approach. And I'll be at two. I'm going to go to the Philadelphia shows. So I'm really excited for those. <clears throat> yeah. Songs, set list configuration. I think cleaning it up. I'd like to see of those 11 shows, like three or four, like very good shows this tour. I think we didn't really get complete shows so much that first leg. So mm -hmm. um, bar two, bar two of them. So yeah, but very excited. Yeah, I, th I think you guys absolutely nailed it on what uh, to hope for and what we can expect, uh, you know, not just in this upcoming leg, uh, but later this year. And I'm excited to, you know, reconvene a month from now and, and talk about, uh, you know, the next leg. Uh, really looking forward to that discussion, especially when I can finally have attendance bias when I'm talking about shows. Um, so I, I know Neil and I are going to be at Goosemas next week. Um, I'm also going to be in Washington, D.C., Charlotte. Uh, Royal Oak and hopefully Cleveland. Um, I'm going to have some nice, we move through stormy weather slaps. Uh, so come find me, say hi. It's going to be fun. I'm Kevin's going to be with me. Kevin's going to be with me at for Goosemas. Yeah, we're hey. hanging out in Salida, man, up in the mountains. In real life. Yeah, for You guys sure. can play pickleball too after? The I ain't got day? the knees for that, D. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, Anyone else got any other uh, goose related? Hey, stay tuned for for some more content. Uh, you know, we need to talk about the bracket at some point. We yes. need to talk about this born video. Yeah. At some yes. point, um, and then we're gonna have more shows to talk about at some point. So yeah, look look forward to a, a possibly a four to five hour episode coming up. <laughs> we're actually the, um, we're actually gonna we're gonna hold off on our our second uh, leg of winter tour recap until the end of the bracket. We're gonna do a mega episode where we talk about <laughs> every bracket matchup that happened yep. and the, the whole second leg of tour. Uh, uh, yeah, they'll be camping at camping provided at this next episode. Right. <laughs> Best six hours you've ever spent. We'll start at dusk and end at dawn. Uh, <laughs> there we go. The long episode, <laughs> like right. That's right. It's It'll be the big Cypress of podcasts. Yeah, uh, exactly. In. Exactly. And 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 while is tour while tour is happening for some uh, fun analysis and look at the shows uh, while they're going on, check out uh, if you're not aware the Great Beyond uh, Goose Day Tuesday lives uh, over on Osiris. That's uh, twelve thirty Eastern every two Tuesday while Goose is on tour. Uh, Greg and Bruce hop on uh, and they. Uh, they also do giveaways. Uh, I know, Neil, you won some tickets uh, to see them in August. Um, and I would like to take this opportunity uh, to use the platform for hashtag justice for Jive uh, oh, on his trivia. Um, we believe in you. Um, you know, 
D guys, unfortunately beat him out for it. Um, you'll but... be happy to know the shirt has never arrived. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it will. I have faith. Um, well, I, I think this, you know, we're, we're well past the two hour mark. Thank you. If anybody's still listening, um, you know, thank you for sticking with us through this. Yeah, I'm so uh, we sorry. Heard... <laughs> Are we? Um, let us know. Feel free to tweet at all or any of us um, about any opinions you agreed with, disagreed with. Uh, start some more conversations. Uh, we love talking about Goose if it wasn't apparent uh, by the length of this episode. Um, thank you for uh, being here for this first inaugural episode of Always Almost There. We are looking forward to many more to come in the future. Um, and we'll see you next time. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.